Welcome to Sports and Stogies. Now, introducing your hosts, Cameron Winklewitz and Austin Hayes. Last night, we, uh, me and my friends, you know, they don't typically smoke cigars, so I decided to, let's give it a try. And we also had some Woodford, and, you know, it started off really casual. You know, I'm sipping, playing poker. And then, oh, so you're smoking, drinking, and playing cards? Absolutely. Thanks for the fucking invite. <laughs> you, you wouldn't have wanted to be there. Free money, dude. No, no money was involved. This was their first per- poker game. So what, ever. I'm sorry. What are you playing for then? Nothing. They just wanted to learn how to play. Like, did you have actual chips though? Or? Yeah, yeah. We went to Meyer and bought like a twenty dollars set. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you don't need expensive chips. You no, don't. but I'm saying, but there's no money involved. You're <laughs> yeah, just playing you, for chips. Like, all right, carry on, carry on. Okay, so you know, one one glass turned into two, which turned into three, which turned into like the entire bottle or half the entire bottle, and uh, your boy. I don't. I went to go like throw up, and I pushed like way too hard, and I had a bloody nose. So then I came back in, and it was like the ultimate party foul. I just looked like I threw up half a gallon of blood. So you went outside, vomited so hard that you blew a blood vessel in your nose, didn't know it, and then came back inside of the party. Absolutely, that's while what bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't clean up. (laughs) No drunk guy ever cleans up his bloody nose. Okay, well, I tried to wipe it, and then it got all over my favorite jacket, so I'm pretty sure that's ruined. I'm going to try and get it out. But last night, I was just too drunk to care. I was like, fuck it, and threw it on my chair. More importantly, did you win at poker? No, I was gone. It's these guys' first poker night. (laughs) These guys railed you. still don't win? (laughs) Dude, I couldn't fucking stand. I was gone. Yeah, I'll be honest. This might be the alcoholic in me, but half a bottle of Woodford isn't enough to make me vomit to where my nose is bleeding. I also tried to explain to him like you have to casually sip. A yeah, good, you're not like a you're good not, bourbon. You're not throwing back shots at Woodford. At least I hope not. No, no, it wasn't throwing back. No, shots. it was just him throwing back the entire glass. Over, yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Have you learned nothing from us? Like I, I was trying to explain. We to him. sip one drink nice and slow throughout the entire show. Yeah, exactly. At least and I chose a good one. Yeah, that's true, but at that good point, call. Good you should have just drank Jack Daniels. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah, probably. It would have given me the same result. Now, yeah. what did you? What did you guys? What did you bring to smoke? So I because you were like the sommelier of the night, right? Yes. So I started out with like nothing special. They were just some cheapo, you know, like six, seven dollar sticks, Swisher sweets. Not that bad. Not, somewhere in between. An actual cigar? Yeah. Where, did, where did you buy them from? I bought them from a good old tobacco and vape on North Bechtel Avenue. Okay, at least an actual tobacco store, yeah. not a gas station. I yeah, was they just, had a walk-in humidor or everything, he told me. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Dude, okay. it was surprisingly nice. You know, it was a little overpriced. More nah, I'm thinking about it, but oh well. So a couple cheap sticks. Okay, so we did that just to get a feel for it, see if they like liked the experience, and then they did. And we looked at the clock, and I'm like, shit, they closed in like, 30 minutes let's drive down there pick out some quality smokes and uh i ended up getting the perdomo champagne for two of them i got the maker's mark for myself and i also picked up the macanudo cafe for one of my friends and he absolutely loved it everyone was super happy with their smokes i didn't really think they'd be able to taste a difference but Everyone was like, oh, my God, this is so different than that cheapo you just gave us. See, look at you bringing guys into the community like that. I'm trying. I'm trying. And then what did you have? 
I had the Maker's Mark. That's right. How, how's that? I liked it a lot. It was super sweet. A lot of, you know, it, it's no shocker, but a lot of really rich bourbon notes. Um, I, I'd love to smoke it again. I've had the Weller from Cohiba, which I didn't care for. The Pappy Van Maker one was pretty good. The uh, Buffalo Trace one from Drew States. I think Drew States was pretty good. So I'll give the, the uh, Maker's Mark a try sometime. Yeah, I think you'd like it. It's the only drawback that I had on it was the draw wasn't the best. You, know, you had to, to kind of... where these bad boys come into play. Yeah. Now, how did your one. buddies handle the cut and light? Any issues? No. Everything burning smooth? No fuck-ups? There was one fuck-up. One of my buddies cut almost the entire cap Jesus on his first one. Christ. And I'm like, I mean, at least you have a smooth draw. <laughs> well, with that, it's time to officially start episode 31 of Sports and Stogies. So the first episode we'll of get there. One Too Many. We'll get there, but first things first, <laughs> pull up a chair. Pour up a drink. And light that cigar. Because it's time for, like Cam said, the first ever, probably first of many, one too many edition of Sports and Stogies. Episode 31 overall, Cam, lead us in. Well, welcome back, everybody, to a very special episode of Sports and Stogies as we are kicking off our one too many episodes uh, this is episode one of that, obviously, but they'll all be titled One Too Many, so you know what you're getting yourself into. Now, what exactly does One Too Many entail? So, it's also going to include a drinking game, which here in a couple minutes, we'll pause. Me and Austin will step out of the room. And let Shane go over the rules? And let Shane go over the rules. I like so it. Guys, Listeners have to know. So, you yeah. guys can play along if you'd like. But basically, Shane has three rules for each of us. If I do one of these three things, that's a shot. We're doing bottle pools because, you know. We're men here. We're men. I've got uh, Evan Williams Bottle and Bond, 100 Proof, which is the best $13 bourbon out there. And then I've got the uh, Texas Straight and New Riff and Evan Williams. Yeah, Wayne. we got New Riff. Uh, me and Campbell have a beer as well. We're going to be passing around doing bottle pools. Yeah, there'll be, uh, there'll be many different beverages. And we're also going to do bottle pools every 10 minutes. Which we're coming up on the ten minute mark already. <laughs> okay, we're not. Even, we're barely halfway there so far. So, but yeah, it's uh, Shane. One, if either of us do one of the three things he has listed, that's a shot or a bottle pool. However, you're a drink, whatever you have with you. Are we gonna have one for Shane? Uh, I don't or think we have be, any for Shane. Should he be out? Yeah, he's he's got to drive home. We need someone to uh, actually control the show here. and mediate and <laughs> yes. actually upload it. That kind of. I've thing. got that covered. I think. Do you though? Uh, I'd be helpful. Well, ask me again in two hours. To have somebody yeah. somewhat sober. As long <laughs> so, as you save it, I can handle the rest of tomorrow. <laughs> basically, this is the first drinking game slash drunk episode of Sports and Stogies. How do you feel right now? I'm a little buzzed. Yeah. Uh, took a couple shots pregame, drank a little half this Glen Karen full of Evan Williams. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I've I've had a couple beers today. Uh, I've yet to touch the Evan Williams yet, but I imagine I'm really <laughs> intrigued to know what the change rules are. I'm trying to avoid things I usually do because yeah, I know so, it's something something in there is going to so be. So yeah, we shot. have no idea what the rules are, and he's just going to say he's going to interrupt us and say take a shot. Now we each did one for each other, and then he pulled up the other two for each. We of us. did. I gave him three options. I gave him one because it's a guaranteed lock. Originally, we had me and all, before Shane was involved, obviously. Uh, when we talked about this a couple months ago, me and Austin both came up with three rules 
that we were going to interrupt each other and say that's a shot for. But it's a lot easier with a mediator involved Absolutely. to keep track. Now, what are we smoking on today? Uh, I have the uh, Perdomo Vintage Barrel Aged, 12, uh, aged 12 years. Uh, so far, so good. Good draw. I had to loosen up the draw a little bit with our handy-dandy multi-tools here. Honest to God, maybe the best purchase you've ever made. I'm telling you. I get a lot of use out of that. Yeah, and it's got, like I said, it's got a punch if you're into that. Uh, maybe one day I'll give that a shot. The nubber, of the course. The nubber, which I use pretty much every show. Yeah, I've honestly used that more than even the draw punch. And more importantly, I'm back to 100%. You sound it, buddy. So You're back in healthy. Shane's no longer concussed. We're... I got a lot of feedback about the uh, foot in a snake hole story <laughs> last week. <laughs> that was definitely a hit. Uh, Shane, what are you puffing on? Uh, it's not. I'm puffing on the Perdomo 20th anniversary. And so far, you know, really nice draw, really even burn. The typical Perdomo experience that I've come to find. This is your f- third one from the box? Uh, Fourth? Third. Third? Third. We'll see how it stacks up when you're done. If it keeps going the way it's going, man, I mean, Perdomo's winning me over. Yeah, always reliable. And I've got the bourbon barrel aged Perdomo, which I think you had the very first show that we had these. Yes, because it went bourbon barrel age, and then the champagne, champagne. And, and then, then now this one. This one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I didn't look up any notes. I think it's probably all Dominican, wrapper, binder, and filler. Um, some slight bourbon notes, definitely. Not as heavy as I thought it would be, and a little spicier than I expected as well. But overall, very pleasant. Great burn so far. Even easy draw. So it should be a good smoke. And uh, we'll see how the night <laughs> progresses as we get... You know, drunker and drunker. So yeah, a little, little more detail. Uh, we have a full show outlined. Um, a lot of talking point topics, though, less statistical based things. And Shane's going to keep us on track and to the best of his ability. Shane's going to keep us on track, and he is and going maybe to throw us off track. Throw in a couple talking topics himself. Boom! You want to go movies, Shane? Throw uh, it out there. We're due for a. Speaking of uh, keeping you guys on track, look at the timestamp. It's the actually time. 10, 10 minutes. So we're going to go ahead and take your first tug. Uh, hit a clink here. Evan Williams and Texas uh, Straight Barrel. <laughs> that hits the spot. Absolutely, it does. I'm feeling a little parched, though. I'm going to wash it down with a little beer. What is this? Uh, fat Tire IPA. Yeah. One of my go to beers. It's very good. Uh, my first time having it. All right, I think now me and you step out. Yep. Shane, Shane goes. goes over. So if Shane pause real quick, wait for us to leave, and then come back in with your drinking game rules. All right. We will be back shortly. All right, and we are back. Or I am back. Cam and Austin have left the room, and we are going to go over the rules. So for Austin, anytime he says, to be fair, he's going to be taking a little sip. Anytime he interrupts Cam, he's taking a sip. And anytime he talks too fast, he's taking a sip. And for Cam, if you've been watching the podcast, you know every show, Cam does that wrap-up where we talk about, you know, all the great stuff that we support, which includes the OCM. So anytime he says the three letters OCM consecutively, he's taking a shot. Anytime he says 100%, he's taking a shot. And anytime he interrupts Austin, 
he's taking a shot. I'm going to go get the boys, and we will be back. All right, and we are back. I just went and got the boys from downstairs, and we are ready to get into it. Cigars still burning. Drinks are poured. We're ready to go. We are ready First things to go. first, Cam, I have one fan question today. Austin, you're drinking. All right. Rules are rules. I don't even know what I did. <laughs> I don't know either, actually. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We know one rule for each other. I may have even forgotten that. Is, is it saying Cam's name? Cam? Cam Cam? Double shot? Huh? No. No. If it, I should have done that. That's too much. But you'd probably end up leaving on a stretcher. Uh, I, I've been known to handle my liquor from time to time. Either way, our first and only fan question, Cam, should the Angels trade Shohei Otani or sign him to a big deal for another losing team? <sighs> I mean, the Angels have been not very successful. However, I think Shohei Otani is a great player to build around. I think he could definitely be one of your franchise guys, like Mike Trout. But What um, if they played together? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> Wild idea. But yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it seems like they don't really make moves to get younger cats. Like, they're never trading anyone. They're never signing anyone to long-term deals. It's just, like, the last move I can think of that they've made, other than, obviously, when they drafted Trout and however they, I think, drafted Otani. Well, signed him from or, the Japanese Yeah, league. signed him from yeah. the Japanese I can. I mean, pretty much drafted. Uh, pretty much same thing. Yeah, uh, was getting Albert Pujols like six years ago, twelve years ago. Yeah, they brought in Rendon. Who did you see that altercation he had with a fan? Yeah, that was super weird. I know his suspension got lowered. I think he got five games. <clears throat> yeah, I think it got lowered, or maybe that was after the lowering. Yeah, so I guess like a fan called him a bitch, at least according to Rendon, and then leaving the game. It was in Oakland. Uh, he confronted the guy and said, "Hey, man." Why call me a bitch? And tried to slap him, but he missed. So, like, police actually investigated, and he's banned for five, suspended for five games. Yeah, super strange. But back to the Otani question. Um, I really, I don't know what they should do with him. I mean, you can get huge value out of him, and it's either a sign or trade. I mean, you don't have much time left to make that decision. But what do you do with that? I mean, I think you should try and build around him because he's just going to go to the Yankees or the Dodgers or some super-powered team that can pay for him. Whoever's going to pay literally the richest contract of all time because that's what he's going to get. Oh, yeah, 100%. Drink. Oh, man. Nice pull right there, that Texas (laughs) bourbon, which has gotten significantly worse since we opened it originally. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, It's... Like, not even the same flavors? No, if we did, like, a blind taste test, I would never guess that was the same thing we had, even, was it, last month, give or take? <sighs> Which is weird, because I know Byron hasn't had that issue, or he wouldn't have recommended it, so no, maybe absolutely. it's just this batch. Drink. I drink? Yes. Absolutely? Is that a... No, that's fuck. not it. God that's damn it. it. I'm not complaining, though. Mine's got to be 100%. <laughs> drink. Can neither conform... Oh, he's seen it. We got a clink here. Oh. <laughs> Nice job, Shane. Way to keep up on that. I'm trying. It's really hard because I there's one of them for each of you where I physically I can't do it every single time. Whenever we breathe, take no. a shot. That'd be a good one. Is voice crack a shot? No, it is not. I think either of our voices crack enough. I feel like once a show, I have a little crack. 
Uh, I think we're going to be drinking more than once a show. Yeah. I would hope so. As we've already drank. Uh, what is it? Twice each? I've drank twice. Three, three pulls in. And then pulls. we have another one coming up in five minutes. Yeah, Shane, stay on the clock there. Oh, <laughs> shit. I forgot and about the countdown. Also, don't forget about the timestamps, which yes. are now. But also, let's pimp out our social medias real quick before we forget. We, we're 15 minutes and I have yet to promote ourselves but once. Back to the Otani question. I think they should build around him. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think um, you have probably the biggest star in the game, especially worldwide. Keep him. Pay the man. You're going to make money off it. And hopefully, yeah, put some quality players around the guy. Yeah, I mean, young talent is not few and far between these days for any sport. You're wasting, in my mind, the two best players in baseball who need postseason. How much fun was the World Baseball Classic, right? You saw Otani on the big stage. Yeah. Don't you want to see Trout and Otani in the World Series? Together on the big stage? At some point, that that needs to happen. Artie Moreno, Angels, make that shit happen. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like you said, you want to see them both performing on the big stage. I mean, when they were head-to-head in the World Baseball Classic, that's a storybook ending. That's probably, I haven't checked the numbers, probably the most viewed baseball clip on YouTube. Probably, as it should be. Yeah. I mean, the two arguably best players in the MLB. I mean, we know Otani's the best. Without a doubt, with what he's doing. Yeah, with, with how complex his game is. I mean, it's just absurd that you have an unsuccessful team, especially... One, Otani is maybe not even in his prime yet. We don't know. We don't know. Isn't that scary? And Trout, you know, he's kind of towards the back end of his prime. He's still playing very well, but primes don't last forever. He can't be this good forever, right? Right. I mean, you're going to see some slight regression, and it's going to be consistently until, you know, Mike Trout. I mean, even Albert Pujols' last year wasn't an Albert Pujols year, but it was still good. I think we'll kind of see that same kind of year from Trout in his retirement year. In 20 years from now? So you need to make something happen now so you're at least a competitor, at least in the playoffs. I'm not saying you have to win every World Series until contra- uh, Otani's contract's up. I've seen Mike Trout in the playoffs literally one time. And by now, I think it was 10 years ago. And it was a play-in series to the Royals. That's it. Yeah, That's that unacceptable. should not be the case. All right, now, go ahead and pimp us out. Anyways, Sports and Stogies, you can find us anywhere on any social media with that same handle, even on Reddit. We have a Reddit page. Do we? Uh, We do, but I haven't posted anything on it. Me neither. We're Redditors. But uh, we do have a Reddit page. Uh, It's called Sports and Stogies. So feel free to reach out to us on that if you're most comfortable using Reddit. I mean, that would be clear as day we could see it. Um, email at sportsandstokies at gmail.com. Correct, which is where you can send in your fan cues or you can comment them on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we mainly just retweet stuff on Twitter because you can only post one picture. And as you guys know from our Facebook posts and our Instagram posts, we tend to post like eight or nine pictures with our uh, episode releases. So be on the lookout for those. Yeah, at Sports and Stogies on pretty much all your platforms. TikTok, too. We haven't posted a lot on there, but we do have some interesting stuff on there, and I'm going to work on posting on there more. I think last week I saw in my Facebook memories when we caught the the Cavs game with Luca in town. We made our first Sports and Stogies TikTok, even though the show hadn't existed yet. It wasn't our first, but it was our first co, like both hosts involved. 
on yeah. location. On location. And, and then we have also um, a couple of events coming up. Uh, yeah, we have the OCM main event, Drink. May 20th. <clears throat> Drink. Me? Both of you, actually, yes. Wow. Shit. We have, we have the same rule? No. Well, yes, but for different reasons. The fuck does that mean? No and yes? All right, hey, happy trails. All right, so back to what you were saying, Cam. Uh, Event-wise. <clears throat> yeah, so the main event, um, <clears throat> if it's like OCM, then just do Go like ahead and drink. every other one. Okay, that's fair. That way. You just gave a rule away. I think he, he's aware now. Well, I, I, mean, I he, knew that. He was already aware. pretty obvious. I, I don't know what mine is, though. Maybe also when you tell us to drink, like wait. Oh, you throw it bit. off a little bit. Okay. I so, can do that. But anyways, Shane, yeah. drink. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, uh, May May nineteenth. May nineteenth, we have an interview with Sean Brown and a couple other guys potentially, and also Brian and John from the OCM. Yes, and then May twentieth, we have the main event, which include which is at the Humidor, which unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, all of our passes are filled for. But you guys can still come out. But you guys can still come out. It's an event that's open to the public. I think it's 50 bucks donation, of course, to the Southeastern, Southeastern Guide Dogs. That includes a cigar, lunch, beverages, and, of course, the door pass and a raffle ticket as well. Which is a pretty solid deal. Absolutely. I know my dad's going to be there. Yeah. Good on him. Um, I know the people coming with us is my uncle, uh, who served in the military for, I think, think close to 20 years uncle sean uncle steve steve i don't know yeah. why i think he's sean too no either way cool ass dude but uh yeah very cool he's honestly in my opinion my biggest supporter uh at least vocally i know my dad supports a lot too and my mom's not really into sports so she doesn't really nor is my mom but she still listens but uh, also the biggest gambler i know right now yeah without a doubt checks out but uh yeah, my Uncle Steve, who is a former, I think he was in the Army, uh, like I said, for I think 20 years, if not a little less or a little more. Uh, my grandpa, which I'm not sure how long he served, but I know he was in the Air Force. And he's got a really cool picture. He had it in his garage. It was him with boxing gloves because he was, he was a boxer in the Air Force too. That's dope. So that was really cool. And then his neighbor, who was in the Navy... His name is Mr. Charles. Mr. Charles. Can't wait to meet the guy. Uh, definitely the best dressed man I've ever met in my entire life. Whoa. Yeah, he... Uh, what can we expect him to wear at the May 20th event? I don't know. Outdoors? Summertime? Could it be a little toasty? I'm not sure. But you thinking he, like full three-piece suit? He has plenty of suits. Um, but, yeah, very, very cool guy. Uh, I, You know, my grandparents were built-in babysitters, so I kind of grew up with... His his son was older, but we grew up. You know, we me and my brother would be outside playing basketball, and he would come out and school us because he was like fifteen, and we were, you know, eight and ten. <laughs> so you, were, think, you were still six five and eight years old, though, right? No, not quite. I was definitely taller than everyone my age, but not quite six five, unfortunately. And I think because we're sponsoring, we're going to get OCM T shirts with our logo on the back as well. 
Yeah, and all the other sponsors, which is very cool. And we've got like 15 sponsors. I don't have the whole list, but I'd love to read those out maybe next week or before the event, I guess. Yeah, we can pull that up sometime. A lot of great contributions from the community. I know your uncle, I think it's his motorcycle yeah. club. Yeah, Uncle Sean's motorcycle club will be there. They sponsored. Uh, they love Hill himself, and cool. I assume um, three other guests with that. Yeah, a lot of groups got, have gotten involved. So again, May twentieth at the Humidor. I think it starts at eleven thirty. That's in, in Newark, Newark, Ohio. Yep. So um, yeah, we'll be, be there. there. You guys can pay at the door or be square. Don't be square. You don't want to be square. Uh, we're due for our ten minute bottle pool. Yeah. Also, hey, Cam, are you producer? No, I didn't think so. Shane, do you have something to say? Yeah, you're you're both due, but you also both have to drink. So, so double down, double bottle yeah. pool, double. And double. again, I have no clue what the fuck I did either. I don't know either. I'm about to get a new bottle. This one's getting a little low here. <laughs> what do we... I feel like halfway through the show, <laughs> I definitely Yeah, they need, hit spot. Halfway through the show, I definitely need to tell you guys what I've been making you drink for. I like that, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, towards the end. Yeah, especially because we're going to be... I mean, we're 20 minutes in. How many bottle pools have we done? I've done, like, four. Yeah. So, we're going to be pretty much belligerent by an hour. <laughs> Uh, we're professionals. It's all good. Uh, I have a very low alcohol tolerance because I don't drink a lot. For as big a guy as you are, you'll be all right. I'm already feeling it pretty hard. You feeling a little warm? Yeah. Getting toasty in here? It is warm up here. I can't lie. It is. Now let's go to the NFL. Before that, Cam is actually shirtless because comfort trumps class. aesthetic. Uh, class, I like that. Yeah, For comfort now, trumps um, class. I waited until after we took our promotional pictures. Oh, the tats look great, though. I can't lie. <sighs> they do. I must say, uh, I'm Shane, very, another another picture. Very happy with how my big supporter of the show also shout him out, shout him out. Uh, that is John Dykes for Broadway Tattoo LLC and uh, Tip City. Uh, there's three other artists, or maybe f- yeah, three other artists that work at the shop. Uh, two apprentices, and they are all amazing. Um, they pretty much cover the basis for any kind of artwork you could possibly want on your body. So, when I finally go schedule my first one, that's definitely where I'm going to go. So yeah, and yeah, his name on Instagram is artist dot john john dot dykes. Uh, that is J O N D Y K E S. All right, now we got a show to do in some fashion or another. Again, Shane, any topics you want to bring up, throw them at us. But we're going to start with some NFL news. Cam, not a whole lot in that uh, in that field this week. Got a couple. Uh, Washington's sell date is May 22nd, which is right around the corner. So we should be hearing the new owners announced there. Uh, any more- leads on who the potential buyer is? <sighs> not- I know like... Um, Jeff Bezos and Jay Z had made an offer together. I think that was turned down. Yeah, I think that I I can't remember, but uh, right now I couldn't tell you. Other than that, more importantly, uh, John Elway and is no longer officially affiliated with Denver because his contract expired as a consultant. Wasn't he GM? I don't know. Shane, I, do we have that? I thought he had a substantial right role with like a GM or. It wasn't yeah. ownership, but he had this a big time role in like player development and who they draft and who they bring in. Yeah, I don't know if he's just one of those consultant. Uh, he was the director of player personnel before eventually becoming the team's executive vice president of football operations and GM. 
So yeah, his contract ended in March and there's been no revamp of his contract or extension. Sean Payton, question mark, trouble in Denver. So I don't know if they plan on extending him, if it's a he just wants to retire kind of deal. But very strange. I saw that news today and I was really shocked. He's been involved with upper management of the team since 2011. I mean, that's 12 years. Yeah, I mean, he helped put that Super Bowl team together. I mean, to be fair, though, he is getting up there in age. I mean, it is, it is about time to retire. I don't know, man. Jerry Jones is like 95, and he's still uh, very true, But he's an owner. <sighs> he is an owner. I mean, Elway might as well be. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He has as much say, if not more, than the actual owner. And Jerry's kind of owner, GM, coach. Unfortunately. Defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, player. Quarterback. Quarterback. I mean, pretty much everything. <laughs> it's Jerry's world. <laughs> We're just living in it. Cam, what else you got for NFL West? Uh, we have the Eckler drama. Uh, looks like he's going to be not playing for the Chargers. He said he will play for the remainder of his contract and then sign somewhere else. But they've got nowhere with contract negotiations. And I don't think you should. I mean, the guy's 28 years old. We know that running back contracts, especially at that age, don't end up very well. Look, I love Eckler as a player. He's a great dual threat back. But why invest 60 mil, give or take, into a guy at that age? When you can draft somebody this year, next year, whoever, make Josh Kelly your full-time back. Maybe. I mean, Eckler has been very dominant. Again, love the guy. No that's, disrespect that's to him. That's like saying Derrick Henry is very easy to replace. And he's uh, not. Uh, that's a little different that's a little category. Different. different because the entire Was that a drink? Me, me and through. Shane agree. Is that a drink? Uh, for no, you? No, not, not. On the, uh, not on the target. <laughs> no, it's not. It shouldn't be. Wait. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't even notice what happened. So. We have to stay somewhat coherent. I think we're doing well so far. I'm, Again, I'm, I'm probably a constant professional by now. Yeah, <laughs> this I'm is a, This is a regular Wednesday for me. <laughs> I'm feeling it pretty hard. Already? Every time I blink, like my eyes are heavy. <laughs> Whoa, you're, you're blinking shit. Per, uh, territory already? I'm telling you, dude. I'm not, I don't drink a lot. I go out. I have a, a drink here and there. You know what? That's a good thing. That is a but good thing. I do not drink a lot. Until the first, not the first, but I guess the first in the new place, 2023 Big Country Summer Bash. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're dude. waiting for it. Once again, be there or be square. Austin, that's actually where we met for the first time, was the 2022 Summer Bash. Yeah, that got abruptly ended early thanks By to a, a tornado. tornado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That came in hard and fast. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, do you smoke that day? I did. I think that was the first cigar I smoked with you. Yeah, you met Kelsey. Yeah. Our boy Kelsey, who is going to be on the show at some point here soon. Oh, 100%. I'm excited As, of course, the MMA expert. Uh, He's literally a fighter. He was a, I think it's considered amateur. Yeah, technically. But, yeah, he was, I don't know what martial arts he was in. I think maybe Taekwondo or something we'll like that. We'll let him mention it when he's on. But, yeah, he was uh, pretty successful. He definitely had plenty of fights. And, and a bunch of great stories. And a bunch of great stories. Which you'll hear in, in time. Anything else NFL-wise? Uh, the Bills Stadium, uh, new stadium, is official. Uh, new York and the Bills have signed all the contracts and documents. So we should be looking at a Super Bowl capacity stadium coming to Buffalo. Domed or outdoors? Do you know? I think... Uh, I want to say I can't. I remember we had the uh, picture of it. I think it's retractable. I like that because I, 
look, I get domes. I get wanting to have a controlled environment. But look at the Buffalo-Miami game last year in December. I think Christmas Eve. Correct. Fans are throwing snowballs out there. I don't want to get rid of that. Yeah, I think they're also going like the Chicago route where they're buying like an entire city, like three blocks. I like that. And they're doing like resorts and, you know, buying all the restaurants. And it's going to be like a uh, arena. I don't know what they call them. Kind of how like Green Bay is like literally Lambeau Field and then the city's built around that. Well, even like Cleveland where you have the Cavs right next to the Guardians and it's kind of there's a lot of sports bars and everything else right there brings a lot of local economy for one people that can't go to the games and people that are a little late and the games are sold out that's something i've seen a lot too during baseball opening day i had a few people that went down to cincinnati not to go to the game but just for opening day parade hang out at the bars such a great draw so good for buffalo for uh for bringing that in hopefully I don't know, the next two years it'll be finished. Those things generally take some time. Looking uh, two years is a little tight. Yeah. I feel yeah. like with what they have planned, mm-hmm. I think that's a little tight. Because the, mo- the mock-ups look fantastic. They do. Yeah, it looks amazing. I think still my favorite is Chicago's. Uh, I don't know if it's official yet, but it was like their dream plans. And they have the stadium almost like on an island surrounded by a river. And there's a bridge to walk into the stadium. After you walk through two city blocks of Chicago Bears sports bars, sponsored sports bars, and everything, and it, it it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I'm gonna test my knowledge here. I think that's Lake Superior, right there that Chicago's on. Imagine having no a stadium idea. out there no. on the lake. That'd be dope as fuck. I couldn't tell you right now. We're gonna go with it. Maybe like an hour ago, I could have told you, but... Get your maps out. Pull up Lake Superior. Pretty sure it's what Chicago's on. And then the only other thing I have is Jalen Carter, man. He is showing his personality. He said he won't visit any teams that aren't in the top 10. He said the only way he will is if they trade for a top 10 pick. Then he will go visit that team. Now, I like that confidence, but after his whole you know, legal situation... I think you got to go all out to kind of yeah, with, regain your reputation there. With what's showing through like his personality and his maturity level, I think you need to kind of go venture out of your comfort zone. However, his agent is feeding him. He is a top 10 pick. Like he's super confident in that. But I mean, you got to think there's like five quarterbacks going in the first, in the top 10. In the top six or seven, maybe. So that top 10 is really tight right now as far as what teams need. Yeah, he was projected to be the first non-quarterback taken. I don't know where that's at right now. We'll do a full mock draft probably in a couple weeks. Cause I mean, the to draft be fair, is what, next month? I think it's this month. Yeah, I think it's oh, next yeah, week. Oh, yeah, we're in April like, now. It's like April 23rd 20th or, something. or something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, you – he still might be the first quarter non-quarterback taken. I don't know, but – I guess there's maybe Jackson Smith and Jigma might go before him. Had a great combine. He had a great combine and a great pro day. Um, but, I mean, he's still going to be one of the top three non-quarterbacks. So, you might have to venture out into at least the top 15. I mean, yeah, either way, at least go interview with the team. If you're at 13 and want to interview, like, why are you going to say no to that? 
I mean, yeah, it's not like it's the NBA lottery here. Yeah. There's no name for you're just top ten. It doesn't carry any weight throughout your career because as long as you're a first round, I think you get a pretty substantial quarterback or contract bonus. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like no, we're one... due for a. You need to interrupt. I need to interrupt. You just want yeah. to yeah, change. Okay. Literally jump in and be harsh. Okay, we're running late, boys. Take another shot. You got it, pal. Not going to argue with that. And also, while you guys are drinking, I mean, I I know he's an incredible talent, ah, but we've that's seen the shit. We've seen before PR really. I mean, it can tank your draft stock. You guys remember that Laramie Tunsil thing that happened? See, that was weird because that was after he got drafted. Yeah, and then was, was on with the gas mask. And now he's, I think, the highest paid tackle in the league. I think he is, but I, I'm just talking in terms of your draft stock changing in a heartbeat. I mean, after after getting into some legal trouble, you can't walk around with the mentality, I'm not even going to interview with yeah, the Yeah, you got to go team. all out. And again, like I said, like regain your reputation almost. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's great that he's confident, but I feel like it's coming off as cocky at this point. Any uh any NFL talking points you want us to take on? Uh yeah, I actually want to go back to should we pay running backs? Ooh, with that awesome. No. No, I think you're better I, off drafting a rookie running back, having him his first his first 4 years and spending money at offensive line, defensive line, secondary. Cam. Would what? you rather have Bijan Robinson this draft <clears throat> or pay let's say Austin Eckler? For a five-year, four-year, $60 million contract? Um, my only... It just depends on what his asking point is. If he's asking for something that's unreasonable, like wants to be the highest-paid running back in the league, I personally think that's unreasonable for Austin Eckler. However, if he's asking for even 16 million, anything less than $20 million a year, I think you give it to him. I think Shane's even asking, like, is it worth paying any price for an older running back uh, I, when you can just draft a guy? It, I think it's completely circumstantial. So Austin Eckler, I think yes, because, one, his he doesn't – they focus the offense through Justin Herbert and their passing game. However, on third downs, when Austin Eckler is prominent, he will get you that first down pretty much every time. And Eckler was – one of 10 guys who had 100 catches last year. And yes, not the 10 du- running backs, 10 p- players total that had 100 catches. Yeah, the, the dual aspect, he is very dominant in, and he has shown no signs of regression, and he's a very healthy player. So I think when you have a, a running back that's a very healthy player that can dual threat, especially because, like I said, their running game isn't their focal point. He can have 100 reception. He's basically a slot receiver. And if you look at it, if you're paying a slot receiver $15, $16 million a year, that's not bad. I mean, it better be the best slot receiver in football. And Austin Eckler is. I do want to throw this in. Austin, you have to drink. I do? Yeah. Again, no clue what the fuck I did either. But I'm not going to argue. <laughs> I Cam, have you caught on yet to when he, when he has to drink? Is that one of the ones I submitted? It was. Okay, then yeah. I, yeah. Have, no, I have no idea. I know exactly what it is. I would have thought... <laughs> What I would have proposed for myself is whenever I interrupt somebody, but I think I've been pretty good at that so far. Yeah, that's not a bad one. I might have considered it. I would have been drunk half an hour ago, probably. Uh, give or take. But like I said, the more consistent Yeah, so the ones, thing is there is a... Okay, so since since I did tell Cam what his is... You did? I, I 
I, kind with, of. I mean, he caught on though. You just caught on. Yeah, it interrupting. Was a, yeah, yes. interrupting. Interrupting. Oh, I should have been. I that should, was, this bottle should be gone uh, by now. That was one of the cam submitted ones. It was one of my three. The three I had for you was you interrupting. Can me. I guess? Can I guess the rest? Yeah. Okay, interrupting was of course number one pick. Two and three. That's tough. I don't know what I do that often. Oh, I do. <laughs> Honestly, I have no guesses. One of me. them's kind of subjective. I said you talking too fast. I think I've gotten a lot better at that. Yeah, but right there you said, I think I've gotten a lot better at that. I think I've gotten a lot better then. <laughs> like you, you, you start fast and then you slow down because I think you realize you're talking fast. I don't realize it. It's just a subconscious thing. Oh, shit. But I definitely start sentences a little faster than... Yeah, exactly. And then the other one is when you do impersonations. Oh, I love that. Okay, we can can go with that. See, I I didn't do the impersonations because I figured it's only going to happen like once or twice an episode. It does only happen a couple times, but I thought it was a good fun one to That's where you guys, as a producer, Shane especially, you can kind of encourage that and make it happen. Well, Hey, Austin, uh, do your Jack Nicholson here. (laughs) It's time for you guys to drink. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. We are indeed do 40 minutes. We're at 40 minutes. Clink. Salute. Is there a Polish uh, shot saying? Not that I know of. Uh, not a big family of alcoholics, actually. Maybe maybe back in their prime. But all my like more Polish blood is kind of older, so they don't drink as much. So it's on you now to kind of carry that torch and go forward. I'll look it up see if I can <laughs> So how find about any. you start a Polish saying, we're doing a shot, to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're going to the tourney recap. Yes, we are. And what a tourney it was. Uh, both, women's and men's. I kind of want to start women's. <sighs> it was, <sighs> I got the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even an hour in yet, partner. Oh, dude, I'm gone. <laughs> Firstly, I'll throw this out there. Is Caitlin Clark the best women's college player of all time? Yes. She might be the best college player of all time, period. She has two years of eligibility left. I definitely think she stays because the NIL deals are going to be very enticing. Without a doubt. She has to stay for one more because she's not even eligible to be drafted. She's too young. But the second year, yeah, why not stay, play at Iowa, and make shitloads more money? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I know when they come to Columbus next year, I'm going to go just yeah. because of her. She's she's like the Steph Curry of women's basketball right now. You watched the tourney, right? Yeah. Her first pull-up jumper from like 35 feet, that was my exact thought. This is Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, like even her release is so quick. The I way mean, she moves off ball. The way she moves off ball. Even like uh, I didn't know until later. But at work one time, I showed you the uh, catch the ball behind the back. I was talking about it, remember? Yeah. yeah. That was her. Yeah. And I didn't know until later I saw some highlights of her. I'm like, I've been talking about this chick for longer than I know. Yeah, so I saw a stat. Since 2000, there's been six times where a player averaged or a player put up 150 points and, oh, man, it's over five game spreads. Yeah, 150 points and 50 assists over a six-game stretch. All six are from Caitlin Clark. That's absurd. She's had six times where over a five-game span, she averaged 30 and 10. Unfortunately, LSU was not a team where one player can beat them. How about their bench, man? They're, uh, oh, I can't remember what her name was. Carson, she, I think. Maybe, but she Shane, shot can you like, pull that up? Yeah. 
She shot like 100% from three or something crazy. Yeah, off the bench. Yeah, so a really weird game because in the first quarter, you had literally the four best players with Clark and then Iowa center and then Angel Reese and LSU's point guard, whose name I forget. I think is a forward. Angel Reese? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely big. Yeah, she she averaged like 16 boards a game this year. Yeah, she was like first in rebounds and like fifth in points or something like that. Either way, at the end of the first... All those four players had two fouls, and they were all horseshit fouls, too. You have the most watched game in women's ball ever. Honestly, yeah, it was, like I said, the the star talent and just the, from both sides. And, I mean, LSU's coach is, like, huge on TikTok clips. Also, what a suit she wore, too, right? She is the queen of suits. Yeah, she won three titles at Baylor. And now has her fourth. I think she's the first coach in women's to win at two different schools. She's the she's also a second year coach at LSU. But again, yeah, clearly experienced. She won three titles at Baylor. But uh, yeah, a phenomenal game across the board. I mean, it was what a hundred to like eighty six or something. Yeah, or LSU dropped a hundred. I think I mean, a title a, game record. Yeah, it was um, probably on both sides. I mean, Iowa scored too. Yeah. I know. Like probably total points was probably a record for even men's. And look, I don't want to say that refing cost Iowa the game because they did they overall they didn't play great. They didn't defend well at all. No, they didn't. And LSU hit almost every shot they took. But yeah, the, the refing definitely had an effect. The refing was terrible, but I will never I'm not I've I've said it many times to many different fan bases. I'm never one to blame the refs entirely. You I'm one that says you should never leave the game up to leave the games up to the refs. Yes, but I mean, what did Iowa do that... I mean, you saw Caitlin Clark's technical, right? I did. What, she passed the ball away? Uh, it was definitely a little more aggressive. Uh, I don't think it was technical worthy, but we know how refs in basketball as a whole are, not just women's. Fragile egos. But refereeing in men's, women's, NBA, college, however you want to look at it, is has been terrible all year really but like I said I'm not one to blame the refs Uh, I think there's always something a team can do aside from the refs that can make them win games I will never blame the refs for losing games because I am one to critique the teams and what they did wrong Uh, I know like Caitlin Clark shot 9 for 30 or 9 for 22 or 9 for 25 or something like that not the greatest I think she was around like the 40% mark, which is good, but not ideal. The problem was that LSU just didn't miss shots. I mean, I was pulling for Iowa, of course, but you can't knock LSU, who played as perfect a game as you can play. Oh, they played phenomenally. I, I do, mean, I do have a question for you guys. Hit it. Um, do you think that this little showdown between Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese is going to be enough to people to keep people coming back for women's basketball. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think it's a great talking point for the game. Even without that, I think the game itself and what Reese and Clark have done all season is enough. It got me to watch. It did. It got Cam to watch, right? It also got Cam yeah. to drink. What? Yeah, take a drink. Oh, snap. I'm going to switch to beer because I'm getting really lightheaded. If that's, <laughs> if that's all right. Again, it's a little warm up here. Yeah, I, I, I said earlier, I think anytime we take a drink, I'm totally cool with that being a beer, not a full shot. Okay, because I'm borderline hammered. 
you're getting there. Cam, you were you were an opponent to the to the beer drinking. Huh? You were you were not for taking a drink of beer every time you have to drink. No, I am. Well, before now the you show were, you were against. You oh were. well, before I was like, and you were sober. <laughs> Let's just pour a shot. But then I didn't realize how consistent the rules were going to be. I guess. No, I do want to <laughs> ask. I want to ask you, Shane. Actually, do you think that there's any? How do you feel about the drama between what Angel Reese did with the whole "you can't see me" gesture to Caitlin Clark? I don't think it was really as bad as a lot of people are trying to spin it into. I mean, I think it does. It doesn't look great when you chase her to do it, but at the same time, if it if it was a men's game, we wouldn't have been saying anything about it. So my opinion on that is that part I don't care about. I don't. I mean, I don't think they're comparable situations. However, you're winning a national title. You're entitled to whatever trash talk during the game because the 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 final whistle hadn't blown yet. You're entitled to whatever you want. You're beating the other team by 20. They had a lot of hype. I think they were the favorite, or was LSU the favorite? I believe LSU was favored. Yeah. But Caitlin Clark had all the hype. I mean, she had broken every women's NBA or college record, uh, some men's college records. She broke, but my biggest issue was them not lining up for the handshake line. Yeah, that's Bush League. Yeah. that And that, that isn't a point at Angel Reese. It's not a point at any of the players. It's the coach. Yeah, I, I totally blame. I think her name's Kim Mulkey, the head coach, who also was like on the court basically the entire game. That's her, though. Yeah, without a single tech call there. Yeah, I mean, she is very vocal. She is very, and I respect it to a point. Yeah, there's a line of But course. she also chirps, which I think is kind of kind of dumb. I don't think you should ever chirp as a coach. If you're vocal with the refs, if you're vocal with your players, then I understand that. But if you're chirping at other players throughout the game from another team. It's not a good example. That's not. No. And I think there's a culture change in LSU now. So it makes sense why her players were like, well, we're not going to line up for the... And also, you know, it's the national championship. There's confetti falling. You're celebrating whatever. But I do believe that... I think they should adopt it in every sport, a handshake line. I think it shows great sportsmanship. It sets a great example. Because a lot of kids use, you know, pro players, college players, whatever, as an example, as a role model. Especially girls now watching Caitlin Clark and watching Angel Reese. Inspiring them, you want to follow what they do. Yeah, exactly. And so I, you can't slap hands at the end of the game, yeah, the national I, title game. I mean, it's a very simple, you know, handshake line. You do it throughout all of school, uh, all of school ball. Most of college ball has a handshake line involved. You guys can go ahead and drink now. Wow, we're due at fifty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Got to go get a new bottle. Thank God that wasn't one of the rules. <laughs> You're going beer <laughs> there, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm uh, about to kill this whiskey bottle. And while you guys are drinking, um, I do want to bring this up. Do you think because of the outrage about the handshake, as many people that are talking about it as as there is, do you think it becomes something that gets adopted more heavily? Or do you think it's something that we will see teams do more consistently? What, what gets adopted? My issue is everyone's talking about Angel Reese's You Can't See Me versus Caitlin Clark's. The, can, nobody's talking about the handshake. I, I don't want to drink, but can I comment here? Yeah. I think the main thing, Caitlin Clark didn't say shit. If there's an issue, she would have said something. 
Well, yeah, here's the thing. Angel or Caitlin Clark completely supported Angel Reese. And I don't, like I said, I don't disagree with any of Angel Reese's actions during the game. The only thing I disagree with was the coach not lining her players up for the handshake line. That's it. All the press conference stuff, all the you can't see me stuff, I support all that. I know how shit talking goes in basketball, even at the high school level. And we've been asking for that. We want more of that. Yeah, we do. We love shit talk. We love rivalries. It shows heart. It shows rivalries building. It shows, you know, like during the game, you're just an opponent. I don't know who you are, whether we're friends outside of the league or not. Right now, I it's me versus you. And at the end of the day, I think that's great. I love that you can't see me. I don't care if she chased her around for 30 minutes. Do it. You're up by 20. If a you can't see me hurt somebody's feelings, that's the like that's the least of what I would do if I was up by 20 in a game. And again, Clark didn't care. It's just it's just fans that watch probably one college college women's game all year. That saw that and got upset. Yeah, and and like I said, my only discrepancy is the not lining up for the handshake line when the other team does. If neither team lines up for the handshake line, so be it. Yeah. Then no team's interested. But if one team does, you might as well. I mean, they played great ball. You played better ball. Go. I mean, they're still the runner-up. That's regular protocol. Yeah, exactly. You want a title, go slap hands for 15 seconds and then go cut the nets down and celebrate, right? I agree. And that that's my only discrepancy. I'm here for all of the shit talk. Point at that ring finger. You want it. You, you deserve it. You think Iowa and Clark wasn't shit talking during the game too? Oh, 100%. Of course she was. She's a great she's like Larry Bird level yeah, shit talk. And, and at some point they're down by 15. They're down by 20. You're shutting them up with your game. Exactly. I'm going to need you to drink, Cam. Take do all the shit talk you can. God, is it like profanities or the, something? The no. problem is, again, with him being delayed when he says, I might wait a little bit, I have absolutely no clue I just what you're drinking for. When when you guys are like mid-sentence, I don't want to cut you off. I'm going to wait until you finish the sentence. No, I like that. I like, yeah. let it wait. So we yeah. have no clue what the hell we did. Because I have none of mine besides what Cam told me. And I don't know any of Cam's besides the OCM thing, which, of course, he caught on to. Yeah. There, there's one of them that I'm going to be really lenient on. That's fair. Because it... It would just get really old and repetitive if I kept saying, "Cam, would you slur your words?" <laughs> <laughs> Look, I do have I do have one suggestion. I, I wrote it down. I gave it to Shane. It happens a lot during the show. I was gonna say whenever somebody pulls their cock out, <laughs> you got a drink, dude. Fuck, I'd be blacked out by now. <laughs> Look, Cam's already shirtless. I, thankfully, I can't see under the table, but like, it's, it's warm up here. All right, so some. some you might need some airflow <laughs> as the show goes on. And I get it. I respect it. But I think that should be worthy of a drink. <laughs> but unfortunately, Shane did not choose that option. I didn't just because I don't want him to quit. Is that uh, The show will be over right now. We're not that, even an hour in yet. Is that everything NCAA related? Um, we got to oh, go men's. men's. Of course. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the men's. Yeah, so yet. San Diego State, the first ever Final four game to end in a buzzer-beating, game-winning shot. San Diego State over FAU. Watching that, I thought this guy's taking way too much time. What the hell is he doing? But he was totally composed. Step back, crossover, easy 15-foot jumper, ball game. A whole lot better than the buzzer beaters we had seen previously. <laughs> Gonzaga, or Creighton. Potential buzzer beaters. I what guess. should have been. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, UConn took care of business in their Final Four. And the title game, unfortunately, wasn't ever really that close. UConn handled it with ease. Kind of as expected, though. Yeah, agreed. Um, unfortunately, that that was SDSU and UConn, UConn correct. in the title. Yeah. Um, they're a predominantly defensive team. And it showed. Um, offensively, not so great. Uh, but yeah, UConn, you just can't defend. I don't know. I, I, and that might be more coaching than it is talent. Because they were just getting open shots. There was a point in the first half where SDSU went like nine minutes without a basket. A couple free throws, but no baskets made. And that pretty much decided the game right there. And, and, and really, I don't want to say there's an issue with lower-seeded teams getting to that point, but the coaching differences between higher-seeded teams and lower-seeded teams is significant. And that's not a shot at SDSU's coach. He coached great, but just the scheming behind being a pure... like Defense doesn't win championships anymore. The talent level is just way too high for that to be the case. Uh, Defense still wins. Look at UConn. I mean, it does but also if you watch you know even SDSU versus FAU they're not really I mean there's some open shots but a lot of it's driving in the lane getting free throws driving in the lane getting a pull-up jumper like kind of stuff that catches you off guard is how they get open and at some point a great coach is going to figure you out yeah I think that's what we saw Props to Adama Sonogo, UConn center, who was not only a defensive anchor, but put up a 17 and 10 and only nine shots. <laughs> what the fuck are you laughing at over there? This dude? man's hammered. <laughs> he had one block. Jesus. Um, their backup center, I think it's, um, he's like 7 2. What's his name? Klingon. 7 2, lanky dude. Can you get to this show, please? <laughs> Do we need to take a break? I was kind of hoping that the cigar would sober me up a little. <laughs> no, of course not. Why would you think that? Just something different entering my body. Tell you what, one thing I did not see is any victory cigars post game in the men's or women's championship uh, It's games. not really a, a college basketball thing. It's catching on, though. I, I like to think in the locker room after that win, both teams, LSU women and UConn men, lit up a nice championship stogie. <laughs> Maybe not the locker room, but I'm sure somebody did at some point. Maybe post-game party. Ideally, obviously. Either way, though, props to UConn. They played such a great offensive game. I think um, Dan Hurley, their head coach, a lot of great schemes. A lot of great offensive plays. And the one by, what, 17? Yeah, and that's back to my coaching point. I think he's schemed perfectly for SDSU's defense. Exactly. They didn't play bad defense. That wasn't the issue. It's just... Again, I think when you get to that seeding discrepancy and, you know, not a super-powered school. I mean, it was a four against a five, to be fair. Yeah, and again, but however, SDSU is not really like a super-powered college basketball team. So I think when you get away from those Gonzagas, those Kentuckys, those Dukes, those North Carolinas, those teams with dominant, you know, profound coaches who have a great reputation and a great resume – I think, one, I think it's a great place to move on from. 
I think SDSU's coach knows his weaknesses now, and to turn those weaknesses into strengths is what shows is what separates a great coach from a good coach. Now, do you think after winning five titles in the past twenty five years, UConn is officially a blue blood uh, like Duke, like North Carolina, like Kansas? I believe they were formally invited by a couple blue blood reporters. However, I don't know if it's official. In my book, they're a blue blood now. UConn still undefeated in the Final Four and 5-0 and in title games, I believe. You said, what, five titles in the last 25 years? I think so. I think it went 98 or 97, and then the, so let's, let's the break Kemba that title, the Shabazz Napier title, let, this let, one. Let's break that down. You're talking a team that averages, say, take 25 years, five titles. That's... 20, One every five 20% years. 20% chance to win a title every year. Correct. I consider that a blue blood. Better than Duke. Better than Carolina. Better than Kansas. I think over the past 25, they have the most titles in the sport. So they won in 99-04, which is five years. 11, which is and that was seven the Campbell, years. That was the Campbell title. Then 14, they beat my boys, Kentucky. And then 23. So... I mean, that's a here lately, 11, 14, 23. That's pretty consistent. I think that's blue blood worthy. Dan Hurley, the next Mike Shusevsky. Polish Absolutely. legend, by the way. Uh, 100%. That's my boy. <laughs> that's my blood. Okay, so Cam, I'm going to need you to take a drink and actually take another one because we're at an hour. And with that, we are about at the halfway point. I think it's a good time to take a break. Two things real quick before break. Zach Eady officially the Wooden Award winner. And Kansas State's Jerome Tony, I think I have Jerome Tang, my mistake, is the official coach of the year in men's college basketball. Rightfully so. Yeah, they were projected to finish, I think, last in their conference. And they yeah. made a... And I uh, know Sweet 16 appearance. I know Angel Reese won most outstanding player, which is like the uh, the wooden award for the no. It, that's like the finals MVP. Oh, so, like tournament. Yeah, award. the the national the men's got a most outstanding player too, but I can't. I think it was uh, uh no go the yeah. UConn center. Yeah, who shot like seventy percent, averaged twenty and ten. So yeah, shout out to the big, the bigs, honestly. Two MOPs to ride out the national championships, Angel Reese and Sonogo. Uh, props to them. I know Angel Reese had a 15-point double-double. In limited minutes because of fouls as well. Yeah, exactly. Austin, can you go ahead and take a sip? I just did. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Take another I'll one. do another. Hey, take us to break, Shane. Yeah. All right. And with that last sip from Austin, we at Sports and Togies will be right back today about the what they call the changelings in the midi like uh the dark ages i guess the medieval times and in folklore like what they believed was anytime there was a physical issue with their child that was just born that it was autism i don't know what they what their standards were but obviously this was back in what the 1500s 1600s but any like I don't know, say they had like a cleft lip, even I feel like it Ugh. is as low as. But they believed that these were changelings, quotes, and that is like a troll, an elf, a fairy swapping the human baby with their own. What? 
it's the craziest thing ever. It's like a myth, a folklore animal or like being, I guess. So you're telling me Robert gets born with three fingers and they're all in like wrong places. Yeah. So they, and then they think it's a goblin baby (laughs) that swapped, stole their human child and replaced it with a goblin child. Correct. So that was the, that was the folklore (laughs) back then. Which obviously, due to medical advancements and actually knowing what's going on, that I mean, I wouldn't say obviously. There's still a possibility. <laughs> hey, it could be a but goblin like, child. They genuinely <laughs> believed that, like a troll or a goblin or a fairy or an elf, had swapped the human baby with an elf baby or a troll baby or whatever. And they like for troll babies, they had a a way to tell where you would cook a family dinner in an eggshell. Like where it's that small, like that minute of a family dinner, and they would the the troll baby would say, "I've been alive a hundred years and I've never seen anything like this," and then they would immediately like switch the baby back. Like the troll would leave, and they would have to bring the human baby back. Well, yeah, because I mean, rules are rules, <laughs> but like that's such a weird, a weird thing in folklore. Look, it was the 1500s. If Let's the- be honest. Would an elf baby really be that bad? I'm thinking more like, but like, like if the, I get if I get Lego loss as a son, I'm pretty happy about the that. more confused part. Like modern day is like, why would a troll or an elf or a fairy take a human baby? There's no benefit to that. They no. said like for trolls, it was like almost like social status, where if you had a human baby, you were above other trolls. Okay, is this like I'm? My thing is it, okay. So if this is like a known thing. Why the fuck would the goblin say that? Well, it's just natural. Like, it's their instinct to say that. No, but, like, the, the, their whole thing is that they're impersonating a, a human baby. So, so no, the, the, the changeling doesn't impersonate anyone. They just get raised as a human. Are we going impersonations? Because I think that was on the list. No, it's not on the list. You're free to impersonate whoever you want. But it was. it's just such a weird story. I also learned about a... a so the podcast I'm listening to right now is called Myths and Legends. And you promote other podcasts more than our own show. You do. Um, I just listen to other podcasts. Allegedly. Uh, Luca just hit a 70-foot shot. Uh, of course. I mean, but yeah. that's besides, it was just the first thing. I, I, back, I, to, back to the Goblin Kids. Back to the Goblin Kids. Um, I was listening to this, and he does like a mythological being of the week. And this is in like we're, right now we're doing a King Arthur story, and there's apparently like he said he could do like 50 episodes of King Arthur stories, and the story itself is the probably the most wild folklore story I've ever heard, and I'm only three episodes into this podcast, but he said like the story goes this I can't I think it's Yavani is the knight's name so his cousin got out jousted by a dark night of a there's a magical fountain where you pour water from the magical fountain on a magical stone and it causes a big storm and the castle then sends a champion out and he and they, got and they jousted they jousted because that was the fighting style back then well, of course and he just got knocked off his horse and what, that was what it a, what a bum that was the end of it and like three years later he told he was talking about the story in a, a tavern and his cousin was like, "Well, I gotta avenge you," and which is very, what a great cousin! Yeah, exactly. What a great cousin! And then 
um, the cousin goes out. So King Arthur's court was set to go four weeks. They were going to go take on this night, take over the castle and conquer it because King Arthur was a conqueror less than like, which is kind of unknown. I feel like, yeah, I was not aware of that, but yeah, there was like a whole reign of King Arthur, not just the pulling of the stone, pulling of the sword from the stone, but there's like a whole like books and folklore about King Arthur in power. I do need to cut you off. It's been a little bit since you did it, but Austin, go ahead and take a drink. Amen, brother. <laughs> uh, but New anyways, coming in. Yavani went two weeks before King Arthur's Knights of the Round Table were set to go, and he out-jousted and killed this knight. He got trapped in their castle because the knight went through booby traps. But he hit a not mor- booby traps. Yeah, he hit a mortal wounding shot where it said like brains were splattered on his armor and everything. But they managed to ride back through the castle or whatever. But I'll give you the summary of the story. Basically, he marries that wife's widow or that knight's widow uh, due to some manipulation from one of the ladies in her court. Prima nocta. And then, uh, so then he goes, "Let's make a deal." I need one year of adventuring to prove myself to the other knights in this castle. And one year and one day, he's sitting at a bonfire in Camelot when one of the ladies' messengers come out and says, you know, we're, my love for you is through, we're done. And then he goes crazy. And for like four weeks, he's in the woods naked, just eating raw animals that he hunts what? with a bow that he stole from a young huntsman. That's and then it gets even crazier. That's not even it. It can't. It can't get crazier. I'm not even all the way through the story yet. This is just what I know. So there's a Morgan Le Fay is King Arthur's sister. Correct. And she has the, she gave these healing ointments and oils to another kingdom. And the kingdom says, okay, take these. We know Yavani is a powerful knight. He's one of the best knights in the world. And that's correct. So they take it. They, it's supposed to cure all ailments, madness, like anything. It cures it all. So they, the lady that goes dumps all the oil on him, even though the castle told them, you know, just a couple dabs on his temple because all of his issues are in his brain because he's going mad. Go ahead and drink, boys. Oh. Both of us? Oh, we're at 10 minutes, yeah. Yep. So that's a good call. But I want to go whiskey. Cam's got beer. Yeah. So anyways. Salute, by the way. Go ahead and take a sip. Well, I, I wanted to finish the story. Well, you can take a sip in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, we get to a point where he goes and joins this castle. And he obviously gets his ailments healed. He's not mad anymore. He's not crazy. Uh, he's a full-blown knight again. And he solos an army. That was attacking the castle, which is why they went to him to heal him so he could fight for them. It was like perfect timing. He was going to leave after staying for a couple days. He was fully armored up, ready to go. And he saw the black smoke. They're burning the town from a rival count of the castle. And like he gets to the point where he solos four knights and lightens the army and solos the army. And then they they capture the count, says you'll never fight here again, all that, blah, blah, blah. And he's going back to his wife because he doesn't know a year's been up. He wants to try and make amends. And there's a dragon with a lion in his okay, mouth. Okay, okay, okay. There's a dragon 
which is huge. Can this get any crazier? This is like British Isle folklore. Allegedly, yeah. So dragons were kind of huge in that. There's a dragon here just, just hanging out with this guy's wife. <clears throat> no, so he's not there yet. He hears a distant screech in the distance. So he, being a knight, an honorable man, he goes to see <laughs> what that <laughs> what that is. And there's a dragon with a lion in his mouth. So he's like, well, i got to pick a team here. So he kills the dragon. And the knight becomes like his, or the lion becomes its servant. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, so so hold this guy, on. this guy kills the dragon just willy nilly like that. Yeah, slays the dragon, and then the lion says, "Well, shit, I gotta serve this guy." The lion like bows down, like it doesn't speak English or anything. It stands. Well, up on it's his, a lion, so yeah. It doesn't stand. It stands up on its hind legs and bows like a traditional bow, like a man would yeah. do. And then follows him around and does his bidding and saves his life a couple times. And then there's a point where he like the the Yavani falls on his own sword because he's just exhausted, and it slices him. And there's a pool of blood around him. While the lion was out hunting because he hunted for game every night, and he comes back, and the lion's like, "Well, my master's dead, so the only thing left to do." So he puts his puts Yavani's sword up in a tree, wedged, and he starts sprinting at it to stab himself. And then Yvonne wakes up and he's like, whoa, dude, I'm alive. <laughs> and the the lion swerves right at the end and still scratches himself. And they end up finding the lady's uh, servant that hooked him and the lady up. She's on trial for treason. So where I'm at now in the story is he has to kill three knights. The three knights that put her on trial for treason in order to... Like, she needed a knight to fight for her in order to prove her innocence. And right now he's fighting some... He's got to go track down some giants and kill some giants. The last thing I heard was the giant... Like, they invited the giants to the castle. He said, put the drawbridge down. Me and my lion are going to go out. As soon as we get off the drawbridge, pull it up. So there's a band of giants that he is about to solo right now in this story. Okay, I have one question. Is this an actual story, or did you trip on acid? This is a story. This is a King Arthur, Knight of Yavani story. I have another question. Are we sure this lion's a lion and not just some guy in a lion costume? It's a lion. That's a strong possibility. I mean, dude, if he's going out, he's being the breadwinner, getting them dinner, and then the dude stands up and bows like a gentleman. Sounds like a guy in a costume. This could be a dude that just walked down to Party City. Uh, Yeah, but they didn't have Party City in 1450. They did. They did. But, like, this kind of goes to my point that I made a couple podcasts ago where I looked for American folklore books or North, even North American folklore. I looked for North American folklore books, North American folklore podcasts. The only thing I found was, like, old Wild West stories, which are great. Fantastic. But they're also, like, true stories for as far as we know. But, you know, there's nothing about the Chupacabra. That's why I went to North American because I know there's a lot of Mexican or South American folklore, or Hold on, Central so you, American. You went to North American folklore and found South American folklore? Sorry, Central American, which is considered like half North American, half South American. And I was looking for like the Chupacabra, the Skinwalkers, the Wendigos, kind of, the Wendigos that kind of thing, and there's no podcasts about it. There's no books about it. So I, I, I just wish that we could have something that was deep-rooted in our culture that was as big as, like, King Arthur 
or the Norse mythology or Greek mythology or anything. It'd be really cool. And I have one more question before we get on to um, to the big reveal of what I've been having you guys drink Wait, about. Are we, are we live? Are we on air? We are on air. We've been oh, on air. Oh, shit. <laughs> Cam, how sure are you that this wasn't a, lo- a man in a lion costume? <coughs> 100%. Go ahead and take a drink. <laughs> oh, shit. What a setup, dude. What a setup. All right. Okay. Yeah. Shane, give us the rules here on our actual drinking uh, conditions. Because I know the listeners know, but we do not yet. And I'm absolutely hammered at this uh, point. Clearly. We can go another four hours on this North American folklore. <laughs> so, f- I'll start off with Cam. I-, I gave you two the same exact one because it happens so much. Anytime you interrupt each other. So okay. Cam, now, that's kind of a... There's a gray area there. Yeah, because we do bounce off of yeah, each other. Yeah, when we jump in. Uh, that's why I've been so leaning on it. It's only when it's like really bad that I've been making you really guys blatant. drink about it. Like I would right say there. I would say interrupt with a whole new point. Yes. Not interrupt with a question or, or or statement about said topic. I agree with that. So if you've been looking at me like and seeing I look like really fucking confused, it's because I don't <laughs> know if I want to make you guys drink or not. Well, thank you. <laughs> Number two, anytime you say OCM, you drink, Cam. That's fair. And anytime you say one hundred percent. You That's drink. a really good one. Did you that, say that was that for me? Yes. That was for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Whatever Cam says, hundred percent. Totally agree. Okay, Austin. I've been really leaning on this one too because it's honestly the way that you just talk. Oh God. Anytime you talk too fast. Uh, you do talk fast, but like you said, you start the sentences super fast, and then and subconsciously realize that you're talking too fast. No, I subconsciously start fast and oh, then work fair. into. So I'll start with the fifteen words real quick, and then work into my actual point. Okay. But good call. Next one was interrupting Cam, which we just went over. Obvious. And then anytime you say, to be fair. So the, Ooh, the talking too fast, was that one you took from me or did you already have that? Uh, that is not the one I took from you. I took the interrupting. I didn't think about that I'll one. tell you the three I sent to him was Austin talking too fast, Austin doing an impression, and Austin interrupting me. Man, I'd be hammered in the first... 15 minutes probably <laughs> he slowed himself down you can hear it now yeah i'm very much conscious of that i mean i'm on a radio show at least i can do is actually talk slowly and that was one of our clearly that was our one of our working on points but which again i think you both can agree i've gotten better at that oh a lot better significantly oh. have you listened back to our first show recently i have not but i will i want to but i i can't because I, I feel like I know how bad it is. We both came a long way, if I had to guess. In only 31 episodes, by the way. Which is great. Fuck yeah. It is, dude. How many podcasts do you guys know of that made it 31 episodes? None. Not there's a single one. a very small percentage. Exactly. No, there's no percentage. To be fair, all the ones I listen to are like 100 plus. So, I mean, the only podcast I really listen to, like religiously, would be ours, Theo Vaughn, and Joey Diaz. <laughs> totally fair. But again, don't promote other shows above ours. Now, With anyways. That, Cam, NBA talk. There's a new CBA. I want to talk about that first. Well, first what? let me talk about these notifications I got. Oh, shit. Live news. So the Bucks clinched the best record, which leaves them as the number one seed in the East. The Celtics clinched the number two seed. The Nuggets clinched the number one seed with a Pelicans lead with a Pelicans win. And Kyrie Irving took over in the fourth quarter and dropped 19 points to keep the Mavericks' playoff hopes alive. They're still there. 
Barely. Now with that, the new CBA. So there's a lot of interesting interesting things that they can invest in. I still need a little bit more details on what exactly one of them means. However, they can invest in NBA and WNBA teams, which I agree with 100%. Uh, right. uh, uh, oh, that's a drink. That's a drink. A drink. Um, Take a drink. Take a drink. Okay. Well, I wanted to finish my point first. I I'm, I'm going to let you finish. Um, I'm like Kanye. I'll let you finish. They can invest in cannabis companies, which I also agree with. Uh, because that's obviously a growing economic, local economic system that's being put in place kind of nationwide at this point. But the third thing you do not agree with. The third thing is I need a little more information. So they are allowed to invest and promote sports betting. So if they can invest in like DraftKings, FanDuel, like invest in the company as a whole, I don't have an issue with it. If they're allowed to sports bet, then we kind of have a conflict of interest. Um, actually, it, it specifies right here that they cannot promote betting on sports themselves, but they can work with companies that operate in the space. Yeah, so okay, I think so it's, it's them like being involved in like commercials and things like, like that. Like DraftKings and whatnot. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that then 100%. Do you agree Shit. with the... 65 game limit for players making all NBA or winning awards. Uh, so right now it's all NBA is the only just all NBA. Yeah, is the only thing that has the game uh, limit, which I do agree with and I disagree with. Well, so it's contradiction. A, it's kind of a two sided sword here because yes a two-sided king arthur sword no could be (laughs) excalibur two-sided excalibur here so yes i agree with the fact that there needs to be a game limit of some sort however yeah we're we're due for a drink we're at an hour and 20 now shane speak up brother Dude, You're the I, executive producer. I feel like such a dick, though. He's already been interrupted once to drink. Doesn't matter. That's your job. He's getting hit again. You're running the show. This man can't walk. Tell me. Tell me to drink. Drink. Guess what? Shane, if you don't know this, we're sitting down. We don't have to walk. <laughs> you can jump in with drinks whenever. All right. I drink. I'm Austin's going to drink. drinking now. However, back to the, the 65 game. I think that might be a little steep. I think if they put it down to 55, or fit, between 55 and 60, I think that's the perfect number as far as stars go. Because you want to see Steph getting all in, all NBA. You want to see Draymond. You want to see Luka. You want to see Joel Embiid. You want to see Nikola Jokic. You want to see you know, the top 10 guys getting that all NBA because they deserve it. However, I think we'll see a lot of, oh, I'm going to take a rest day. I think it's only going to be actual injuries like ankle sprains or, you know, bone bruises or anything like that that we'll actually see getting time off for. I don't think we're going to see as much rest because all NBA is a significant factor in Hall of Fame. And also financially. And financially. Now, the other end of that is, you know, your rookies, your six mans of the your six mans, your role players all normally hit that 70-game mark. So I know they have caveats in place. I don't know what they are exactly because I don't think they've released them in what they are exactly. But say 
Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Jokic, Embiid, uh, all those guys say they play 64 games. I think they're still going to be eligible. I think there's probably going to be, yeah, it's 65 games, but we'll give you five if you're at a certain level already. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to see guys, Austin Reeves, who hasn't missed a game, but he's not quite at that all-NBA level. He's making a big push, but he's not quite at that all-NBA level yet to be that all-NBA level, all-NBA title where he would get in over Steph Curry, who played 64 games. They also made it positionless, which I like a lot. I'm all for that, absolutely. Because if they would have done this 10 years ago, how many all-NBA first teams would Damian Lillard have? Probably at least five. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I think 65 is a decent number. I mean, you're you're asking them to play 80% of the season, which, I mean, it sounds high, but realistically... 80% 80% is, I don't think it's too out there. No, yeah, but, I, I totally agree. But also, you got to think, you know, Steph Curry's playing some of his best ball this year ever. And, you know, he missed like three months at the beginning of the year. So, odds are he doesn't hit that 65-game mark. But can you tell me there's genuinely a point guard that's playing better than him? Probably not. I think if you miss that much time, you shouldn't be an option for all NBA. See, I agree, but now you that leaves the opening for, you know, Austin Reeves to get all NBA second team. There's a lot of gray area with this. And don't hate on Austin Reeves. No, I agree. He's playing great basketball. Huge fan of Sports and Stogies, by the way. He's playing great basketball right now, but was he at the beginning of the year? Not really. He his, played his role. His yeah. role wasn't as great. Now that they have less star power at the guard position, his role is greater. So, yes, I agree he has improved with his role, but do I genuinely believe he's an All-NBA? Absolutely not. No, think, and there's really no situation where he would actually make an All-NBA team. Yeah, name seven guards better than Austin Reeves. Exactly. You know, you know Jalen Brunson, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry. Russell Westbrook right now. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, you can name plenty. So should he be one of the, literally one of the best guards in the league just because he played 70 games? No. So I understand, and I got all my information from this on Draymond Green's podcast. And there's nothing, I, I take an active player's input a lot more than I take you know, Stephen A. Smith, Kendrick or Perkins, Kendrick Perkins, or, you know, Skip Bayless or anyone. I, an active player voicing his opinion on it means more to me because he can tell me who the best player in the league is. It's not necessarily, not necessarily an analytical thing where, yes, that plays a point, but, you know, if he plays Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, because obviously him and Steph Curry on the same team. If, if Draymond's guarding Steph Curry and he puts up 30 points, and we know Draymond's one of the best defenders in the league, and Damian Lillard plays 55 games, I mean, we already know Damian Lillard's been shut down for the rest of the season because they have no playoff hopes. Unfortunately. So you also have to take that into consideration. He's going to miss you know, six, seven games just from being shut down to keep him healthy for next year. 
So you have to take that into consideration, which I think should be a caveat. But I agree with it because I do think we do see a lot of star players rest. But I disagree if, depending on the caveats, where if Damian Lillard misses all NBA second team or third team because he got shut down for the rest of the season because they have no playoff hopes, even though he averaged, I don't know what his averages are now, but say he averaged 25, six assists, and three rebounds, which is one of the top in the league as far as the guard positions go. It just seems unfair. When he got shut down by his organization, not by himself. It wasn't of choice. Now, you mentioned Draymond's podcast. I know you wanted to mention his comments about locking down Shaq in his prime. Let's not take that out of context. I don't want to go totally off four with that, (laughs) but I do think it's worth mentioning. So Draymond said... He wouldn't be able to guard Shaq, but he thinks he could get at least one stop. He didn't say, say me and Shaq played 100 possessions or whatever. He didn't give a possession amount on top of that. However, he said at some point he would stop Shaq. Now that means forcing a missed shot or getting a steal or some sort of turnover on Shaq's behalf. Something that he caused Shaq to do wrong. And this is in his prime. We're, we're talking Orlando Magic. Probably the most athletic player we've ever seen. Most in, dominant player. Definitely the most seen. dominant player. Because we've never seen someone have to change the physical equipment which Shaq caused from breaking every backboard out there. I mean, his strength was, is, was and is unmatched. So I don't think we'll ever see that again at that level. But to nothing against Draymond. He is the best, probably the best defender, you could probably argue, of all time. But he is the second coming of Dennis Rodman. Okay. 100%. Yeah. With more playmaking capability. So nothing against Draymond. I'm a big Draymond fan. I don't think the Celtics or the, the Warriors are as successful as a team without him. Totally agree. Yeah. I think he is their true leader. And I love Draymond Green. I love all the shit talk. I love everything he stands for. And my favorite thing is he gets a tech when he wants, not he gets baited into the tech. My favorite thing is when he punches his own teammates in practice. Or kicks people in the balls. (laughs) Or that. Regardless. (laughs) I stand by everything Draymond Green has done. He has done it with a reason, with a purpose. Go ahead and take a drink. Okay. Me? Both of you. Both of us? Uh, We're at 1.30. Yeah. We're at time. And... uh, You were talking a lot about this before we started the show, Cam. What was the field goal percentage that you said Shaq would shoot on Draymond? 100%. Go ahead and take a drink. Oh, oh way to bait me into that. Nice bait. Now, uh, Cam, I do want to ask about... There's well, a let, new... me, let me continue. So, Draymond getting a stop on Shaq depends on the possession count. Now, I know we went a little outrageous and said out of 100 processions, he would be 100 for 100. Did Draymond name a... He did not. Okay. Not that I saw. Okay. I didn't watch the whole episode. I just watched a couple clips. And I want, I saw someone share it, and I wanted to hear his opinion, so I went back and listened to what he said. For the most part, he did address, no, he couldn't guard Shaq, but he thinks he would get at least a stop. He didn't say how many possessions, but say, I would say even up to 20 possessions i don't think he would get a stop on Shaq. not one not one 
this is prime Shaq. This is Orlando Magic Shaq, the most athletic player at seven foot or more we have seen ever. And arguably the most athletic player we have ever seen. Definitely the most dominant. Now, there's also the Hackashack clause. Well, in a one-on-one hypothetical, I don't think Hackashack factors in. Which is my opinion. Correct. However, in a team setting, yes, Draymond Green could stop Shaq by fouling him. That's not a stop, though. However, I do think most of those would be an and one. Draymond Green is six foot six. He's not. He's not stopping Shaq again. Amazing at every level. Defensively, even against the seven footers we have today in this league. However, Shaq, we have never seen anything like Shaq, ever, and we never will. I don't think ever again. There was Shaq, and then there, like, even if you look at like Kareem. He was a great scorer, but it wasn't paint dominance that scored. It was his ability to hook to post-fade. Dirk, it was his ability to post-fade, to score shots contested. But it was not, I'm going to dunk on you. I don't care who you are. I am going to dunk on you. I'm going to put my nutsack on your chin and dunk on you. And succeed. And succeed nine times out of ten on other seven-footers. Again, Draymond is a great defender. I think he could pick the pocket of Shaq if it came to a point where Shaq was driving down the lane. Shaq was never in those circumstances. If Shaq got his back to Draymond, he is 10 for 10. He is 20 for 20. I would say he's even 25 for 25. And that is a testament to Shaq, not a diss on Draymond. Correct. And that is just how dominant he was. Even from somebody who didn't grow up watching Prime Shaq, who's just been able to go back and watch games and watch Shaq highlights, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter if you were Hakeem Olajuwon. It didn't matter if you were. It didn't matter if you were Kareem. They didn't play together, but it didn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered if you were Manute Ball. It wouldn't have mattered if you were George Mikans. It does not matter who you are. Robert Parrish. Name all the great bigs of the past. It does not matter. No one could guard Shaq. No one in history could guard Shaq. Yao Ming. It doesn't matter. Does not matter. Again, I named other... I think uh, George Mikan was also very tall. I think um, Sean Bradley. Bowl, Sean Bradley. Sean, it does not matter who you are. Mark Eaton. It does not matter. I think Mark Eaton would be the person who stands the best chance. Can, I, again, can, I, can I bring your passion or something else? I well, let me finish. I think, I think Shaq would shoot eighty percent or ninety percent, if not more. If not more, not ninety-five or a hundred. But I think on jo- on Mark Eaton, I think he would s- score eighty percent of the time or more. And Mark Eaton is arguably the best defensive center aside from Akeem Olajuwon ever. Yeah, 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 I totally agree. I think that's how dominant Shaq was, and. I know Draymond came from a very personal place saying that he wished he could guard Shaq and he would get one side. I think eventually he would, but I think it would take a very long time. And also Draymond said that to bring more you know, listeners to his show, to stir up more controversy, of course he's going to say that. I get that. Yeah. But bring all that passion <clears throat> for you, Cam, and, and let's talk about Chad Holmgren coming back into OKC. Should so, he or shouldn't he? And if you're the coach, do you bring him back in? I think it's very tough to stick him into a playoff scenario. 
the chemistry's so good right now, I don't even think it would really benefit. That's kind of, I agree with that. But it also brings an entirely different, different dynamic to your game if you add Chet Holmgren to the floor. Do we know what Chet Holmgren brings at an NBA level? We don't know what he brings at an NBA level. Besides getting bodied by However, anybody. he has put on some weight and some muscle. Yeah, the man's jacked. Um, I would look at... I would look at the picture difference between college Chet and NBA Chet right now. Huge difference. Significant difference. I'd say probably at least 20 pounds. I was going to say 30. 20, 30 pounds. He has put in its majority. He is very defined. He is very muscular. So he is in a place right now where I feel like if he grows from, grows from that place, continues to get stronger, then he will break my, he's a bust. Well, yeah, he's not a bust yet. He hasn't been on the court at all. Correct. However, if he stayed at 195 pounds, 200 pounds, even I would go as far as saying even 220. I agree. At his position, I would say he would be a bust. Now, where do you think the Thunder rank in the playoff rankings? Oh, come Which, on of now. course, we have a top you 10 know, for East you, and West. We have our power rankings, but I've got a couple other topics I want to touch whoa, on. Whoa, whoa. Let me have them. So, Reggie Bullock just bought an island. P- pardon? Reggie Bullock just bought an island. Is it the can't-make-a-three island? <laughs> no. So, he bought a five-acre island that he's going to build a resort on. From what I read, it, right now, his resort plans are... Family and friends. Still, so we're included, of course. Eventually, I would assume he would open it up for the public because it is an island in Belize, which is a very touristy spot. Great value. So it would be very financially impactful if he opened that to the public to rent rooms in. Um, right now, from what I, from the article I saw, he didn't. It was not specified if it would be open to the public or not. Right now it says family and friends. But props to him. I don't know how he managed to buy one. Uh, it says it was only $2 million. <laughs> and he named it Bullock Island. Dude, we, I mean, naturally, you have to. We I could finance too. that. Yeah. And, oh, my God. It's beautiful. It's Look an that. island in Belize. Color me shocked. Yeah. So props to him. Hopefully he opens it up to the public. I would love to take a trip to Bullock Island and re- record a show there one day. Uh, Shane, can we give him a call? Uh, yeah, I think I have. I know we have been very anti Reggie Bullock. Critics, <laughs> we have been critics of Reggie Bullock. I don't know. No, if we we're haven't. No, we've necessarily not. anti. We've never said anything. Reggie is. I will say, and call me out if I'm wrong. I think Reggie is the single greatest shooter in NBA history. I would say you're definitely wrong. Um, Easy, easy. We're trying to go out there. However, I do think that this is a great investment from from a financial point of view if he does open it up to the public. The amount of income he will get just from, one, being an NBA player. I mean, most people who follow the NBA know who Reggie Bullock is, whether it's good or bad. They will still go visit his island. The Reggie Bullock Resort. You're not going to go to that, I'm whether in. you hate him or love him? I'm definitely in. Exactly. Shane, we booking a trip? 
Uh, yeah, I have it pulled up right now. Yeah, get, uh, get some flights. So uh, he did list us on that family and friends. So as soon as construction, <laughs> well, yeah, good, I mean, naturally, I think we set. we should probably yeah, we be should. first on a list. <laughs> uh, I agree. I agree. Um, other than that, uh, we have Chet Holmgren's builds muscle, which I have written down, which we already touched on. Is briefly. it time for? I think power it's rankings time for power rankings. No, I've got one, two more things. Let's go. Uh, the updated MVP odds. Drastic change. Uh, after Joel Embiid's 52 or 51 point game and Jokic getting clamped up by Sinjin, uh, the drastic change has been Embiid like minus 450 or minus 350 and Jokic like plus 400, Giannis plus 750. I think it's pretty much locked in that Joel Embiid's, as far as the odds go, the odds yeah. go, Joel Embiid appears to have it locked up. I know Stephen A. has been very vocal that Joel Embiid has his vote, which Stephen A. does have an MVP vote. So there's at least one. So it's not going to be unanimous. Um, in my opinion, if I had a vote, Joel Embiid has my vote. Over Giannis? Over Giannis and Jokic. Um, Jokic, by the way, getting clamped up by Sinjin is eight turnovers, uh, minus 21 plus minus, and which isn't really low, but kind of low for what Jokic has put up is like 45% from the field, which is obnoxious, by the way, to be a low. I mean, the guy scores very efficiently. Normally he's around like 50%, 55%, 60%. But... For, uh, to consider 48% a low, it just shows you the star power of Jokic. Again, this is not a knock towards him. It's more of a praise of what Joel Embiid is doing. And I know I said my prediction was Ja, but I bet on Joel Embiid winning it when I put my bets in. So I'd agree. I think, I think Embiid's definitely the front runner. You're a Sixers fan. I am a Sixers fan. Bias. So of course you have to say it. Turn his mic off, please. Mute that. But <laughs> there's no bigger supporter of Jokic than me, man. I mean, I that's fair. Prove it. I did a 10 minute college speech on Jokic while I was still drunk from the night before. Do we have audio on that? I hope not, because I was slurring my words like a motherfucker. Like <laughs> me. why I hope it is actually is I feel in like existence. I, for being how drunk I am, I feel like I've been pretty. Honestly, speaking articulate. wise, I don't think you're that drunk. No, dude. He'll stand up and... You're articulate. You make your points. He's very passionate right now. Very passionate I think that might be the deciding factor. So, Shane, I think we're due for a drink. Uh, Let's check the time. Nope. I'm calling executive decision. We're due for a drink. We are due. Another drink. You are due. Uh, This man's empty. Holy shit. I'm empty. Tell you what. Take a pull of that. Oh, boy. Let's go with that new riff bourbon. Take a pull. Take a pull. (laughs) This man is... To say the least, a little bit inebriated. How's that feel? Shane, pass it over, please. Here you go, (laughs) sir. And um, I'll continue talking about Jokic. Like Cam said, 45% being your low is just absolutely absurd. But this is also coming from the player who I believe put up the single best season in history last year. Yeah, again, he's doing it as efficiently again. However... My point for Joel Embiid is there. People say, "Oh, Joel dodged a matchup with Jokic." The problem is with that statement. Joel has 
back issues that he's dealt with since his rookie year. He has these long-lasting injuries that he does. Again, there's there's certain players that you can make a case need rest days. And in my opinion, it's Jokic or Joel Embiid. Embiid, yeah. yeah. He doesn't take many, but his back injury does flare up. Normally, he plays through it. So for people saying, oh, he dodged Jokic, that's bullshit. Because one, their first matchup, Joel Embiid put up like 40 points, 16 rebounds, and like six blocks. And Jokic put up uh, 20 points, 10 rebounds, six assists or something like that. I saw it. And Joel Embiid did it on like 60% shooting. So to say that that guy that did that already is dodging a matchup makes absolutely no sense. And I mean, you have to remember, he's doing this. The man's constantly playing at 80%. He's never fully well. Correct. We I, mean, have, I will argue the point that we see a 100% healthy Joel Embiid, maybe 20 games. Go ahead and take another poll. Oh, shit. He did say 100%. I dated the I? fuck out of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shane, my man. Yeah, you're... you're you got really good at that baiting about an hour and a half in. You know what? That's exactly <laughs> what an executive producer actually does. And a mediator. And mediator. He's making sure that everything we put out is exactly Why what you, you would drinking? hear week to week. I don't. Uh, I need a drink. I I'll, guess you, yeah, you need that. Yeah, we need a. Um, Shane, producer, can we talk about our top ten power rankings of each? conference absolutely i mean we we agreed for the most part on a lot of it but there were a couple that i think that we could definitely take a little bit of a deep dive into yeah, um, let's we, start with the west which is consensus yes yeah, so number 10 cam what do we have the new orleans pelicans why are they 10 unfortunately i mean they play great ball when they're all playing and all healthy all healthy i'm not really worried about zion they're playing great ball without him However, the New Orleans Pelicans are a very hit-or-miss team as far as consistency goes. If Brandon Ingram's hot, they could easily win the first two rounds of the playoffs. That's if, well, if Brandon Ingram, CJ, Josh Hart, or I think he got traded. Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. Sneaky? He has been sneaky yeah. all year. So, if again, if... If Brandon Ingram and CJ are playing at their elite level that they are, then yes, they can win a couple rounds of the playoffs. However, I think there's these teams we have in front of them are a lot more consistent and have more star power than the Pelicans do. Such as our number nine team. Which is the Timberwolves. Uh, we have seen Cat and Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards finally figure out what kind of chemistry they need. Since Cats came back, they've still played good ball. Um, I will say, when Cat was gone, they played their best ball with just Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert. But Cat has transitioned back into the system very well. So, right now, the seeding is Pelicans 8 Timberwolves nine, Thunder ten. So we move the Thunder down to ten in our power rank, or the Pelicans down to ten. The T Wolves are the same, which I think is a very, I think ninth seed shows their level of play right now. Yeah, any team from eight and higher, do you see making a potential run? Uh, eight, if you had to pick one, I mean eight and lower. Eight, and, correction, eight and lower, I guess. 
If there's a team to do it, I think it'll be the Timberwolves. Okay. If they make a run past the first round. Well, they have to get into the play-in first. Right now, they're the ninth seed. They'll play, I think the play-in's what, 8, 9, and 10? Or yeah. 7, 8, 9, and 10? Uh, it's 7, 8, 9, 10. So, if there's a team to come out of the play-in and make a big push, I think it's the Timberwolves. Because we've seen the playoff Timberwolves before. We've seen playoff Gobert before. Uh, like I said, we've seen playoff Ant. We've seen playoff Carl Anthony Towns. They have a significantly different team than last year. But they Cat st- and uh, Ant still play with that same heart. And I think that's enough to carry the rest of their team. Speaking of heart, do you think our eight seed can make a run? The Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, they're so... Which I am all in on. I mean, really? I agree. I think I. Th- it's just matching them up with some of these other teams, I don't see them winning seven games. Or winning a seven-game series, they can win one here or there against any team. But when you're playing the same team potentially seven times, it is very hard. The Thunder have great potential. They have great chemistry. I think they're a couple pieces away. One of them is a dominant big. I mean, Shea can only do so much, right? Exactly. He's averaging like thirty-six and six or something like that. It's ridiculous. There's a lot of young guys, a lot of guys. I don't think any of them have playoff experience. Of no. course not, no. So they could surprise me. However, I think if they lock in the eight seed in the play-in, I think they take the first series to at least six games, but I don't think they make it out of the first round. Now right. a team with more experience, do you think the Clippers get anything done? Which is our seven seed. Correct. I think the Clippers can surprise us are seventh in the power rankings. They're the sixth seed, so they're locked in the playoffs right now, but they are tied with the Lakers as far as Wednesday night. Uh, if the Clippers end up at the sixth seed, or the seventh seed, which they are the sixth seed now, say they end up at the sixth seed, sorry. So they're locked into the playoffs. I think they can definitely make it through the first round depending on who they get matched up with. Uh, I think favorable matchups for them are the Grizzlies, Nuggets, or the Kings. I mean, um, honestly, who's locking down Kawhi playing some of his best ball? Playoff Kawhi is a completely different exactly, animal. Exactly, yeah. So that's the thing, though. We've seen Kawhi go out in the playoffs. We've seen Paul George go out in the playoffs. So barring injuries, I do think I still think that they're favorable matchups are the Nuggets, Grizzlies, and Kings, which ironically are the one through three right now. I know the Nuggets locked in the one seed, I think. Correct. But I do not think they are the best West Conference team. Now, our sixth seed, I think, is very sneaky. If they're healthy, they make a run. The Los Angeles Lakers. And you could argue that they could move up. I agree. I think they could be the four. I think they could be the three. And I think you can move all those teams down one. But I'm very comfortable with them at the six with the news that, you know, Anthony Davis has bone bruise that he has to deal with. He's playing tonight, but that could just make that bone bruise worse. I know right now they're playing to attempt to lock in the six seed. Like I said, the Clippers are tied. The Lakers, the Clippers and Lakers are tied right now. They're one game behind the Warriors each. So one of them could move up to the five. 
So he's going to play through that until they lock in their seating. When their seating locks in, I think he, in his best interest, he should rest to get that bone bruise cleared out. See, now this is what, back to my point with the 65 games, Anthony Davis is absolutely a first NBA all-team. Killing it. However, when the seeding locks, he should sit out the rest of games that they play. Now, that may not be possible because they may have to go down to the last game. But I think their game against the Clippers is what's going to solidify the 6-7. and seven. So if they have potential to get the 5, then he'll play through it. A bone bruise isn't as significant as some of these other ankle strains and whatnot. But if the seating locks in, say they lock in at the six, there's no way they get to the five. Then they he should absolutely sit out for the remainder of the regular season. So the Lakers are locked into playing no matter what. Correct. The only change that could happen right now would be the Thunder getting kicked out and the Mavs coming in. Because so the 9, 10, 6, 7, 5 are all locked in, even though there's only one game difference between them? It's looking like it because if you w- – say they say they lose and the Timberwolves win, they're still at 41, they're in. The next two are both going to be at a max So it would 39. just depend on who the – if the Lakers beat the Timberwolves X amount of times, whatever. But I think they play the Clippers or are playing the Clippers right now as we're recording this. Yeah. So if they beat the Clippers, then they should lock in at the six. Yes. Which now, means they're locked into the playoffs. So if they beat the Clippers and lock into the playoffs, AD should take the week off. Do you think the Mavs, if they do get in, make any kind of run at all? I don't know. So I think they could win through the play-in. But in a seven-game series against the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Suns, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets... I just, I don't know. They're very inconsistent. How about our five seed in the West? Our five seed's the Kings. A team that I love a whole lot. A very sneaky team, but again, no playoff experience. Not at all. Maybe Sabonis and the Pacers, he had some playoff experience. But that wasn't a lot. But I know Fox doesn't have any, and nobody else on the original Kings roster, Rashawn Holmes, Anyone has playoff experience. So that playoff basketball is so different. And again, playing, it could be in your favor or it could be against you playing the same team for seven games potentially. Depending on who you play, what their, who their coach is, all that stuff obviously, because and who your coach is. So I don't know if I'm confident saying the Kings make a run. What do you think about our four seed, the Memphis Grizzlies? Honestly, Full strength with Ja, with, of course, the best basketball player in the league, Dylan Brooks. We've seen that already. So we know now they have elevated. They're the two seed right now. I think that's probably locked yeah. or close to. So we have seen them elevated in the regular season, but we have also seen that same team not play so great in the postseason. It looks like top four are locked. I think adversity, they don't answer the call. I think they could win one playoff series, maybe two. 
but I don't see them as a potential title contention team yet. But they also do, in my opinion, have all the pieces. I think they just need to work out whose role is what, what each piece needs to do in order to be an extremely successful team, which they have done in the regular season. But they have so much young, rising stars that are going to try and one-up each other. In my, This is how I see it, as far as mentality-wise goes. They have these rising stars that want to earn their next contract. As far as Triple J, John Morant, we know they're going to get paid. But it's the Dylan Brooks, it's the Desmond Baines, it's the the role players they have that aren't quite settled into that role-playing role that still want to attempt or try to make a big name for themselves to earn that max deal, super max deal that, in my opinion, are going to be their downfall. Now, how about our sneaky number three team, which I think can make a decent run. They've been there before many times. Our number three, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, we have a healthy Clay Thompson. We have a healthy Steph Curry. We have a healthy Draymond. We have a healthy Jordan Poole. Andrew they, Wiggins is back. Andrew Wiggins is coming back. They brought back Gary Payton, who was a big factor last year in their playoffs as far as defensively and offensively. In my opinion, Gary Payton's the leader of their bench. Uh, Jordan Poole is one of those leaders of the bench, but I think without Gary Payton, Jordan Poole serves better as a starter. So... With their fully, I mean, they have their championship team back. Minus James Wiseman, who I don't think played last year. Or at least in the playoffs. Don't believe he did. I'm going to pull it up right now. So they have 80% of their championship team from last year. If not, 90%. Minus James Wiseman, obviously. So there is no reason that they should not repeat can you see them upsetting a suns team or a denver team i can see them upsetting denver we've seen denver in the playoffs however we have not seen denver with michael porter jr jamal murray and Jokic since the bubble and that bubble nuggets team is one of the best postseason team postseason teams i've ever seen from the nuggets it wasn't until Jamal Murray went down that they were really struggling. So Jamal Murray has kind of worked his way back in. We're not seeing huge games from him like we saw in the bubble. But I do think that the Nuggets are scarier than we think with that fully healthy team. Do but, you think, speaking of our number two seed, do we actually underrate the Nuggets? I don't think we underrated them. No. Um, my biggest discrepancy with the Nuggets is, I mean, ironically, Michael Porter Jr. He is a black hole when you toss him the ball. He is shooting it no matter what. And part of me understands that because he did get paid a lot. He has missed a lot of games. He still needs to prove himself as far as upper management goes at that level to not get traded. I think they have a great team, and I think they do have title contention. However, you cannot have three ball-dominant players. 
Now, why well, I, I, I refute that. So, Jokic is ball dominant. Jamal Murray is good off ball. Michael Porter, in my opinion, still has a lot to work on in the off ball scenarios. So, like I said, he does not really pass out of any opportunity he has. He is a very offensive-minded player. He is great at that. However, at the same time, that can be your downfall because if you're shooting a 70% contested shot, if you're shooting these contested threes and say you're shooting two for 10 because eight of those shots were contested and two of them were open, you have to learn as a player what the best scoring opportunity is for your team in order to win. And it's not really, it's his fault, but because he's, he was naturally a ball dominant player. He's used to the dribble pull-ups. He's used to driving and taking a step back, getting the open shot, making, creating space. It's hard for a player like that to adjust their game so quickly after having all the injuries he has has had to you are an off-ball option, play the four-roll, three-roll as you're supposed to and be a role player versus be a star. Now, is there anybody on that Nuggets roster that can defend Kevin Durant and our number one seed in the West, the Phoenix Suns? So, yes, and the Sports and Stogies consensus Western power rankings because the East isn't so consensus. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, the Suns are the best team in the West post Kevin Durant. Assuming he's healthy and plays. Correct. Right now they're 7-0 and with Kevin Durant in the lineup. And, again, this is not a team that is fighting for stardom. This is not a team that doesn't know what their role is on the team. This is a team that is led by Chris Paul. Devin Booker does not need to touch the ball to get open shots or make shots. Kevin Durant does not need to touch the ball to make open shots or get shots. DeAndre Ayton does not need to touch the ball to get open or make shots. He can spread the four pretty well. He's also a very viable option in the post. This is a team that is, in my opinion, the most complete team all around with everyone knowing their roles and what their team's strength is and what the team's weaknesses is are to make them strengths. Do you think their lack of depth is an issue come postseason? I think that will play a factor. However, I don't think Devin Booker has an issue playing 45 minutes a game. I don't think Kevin Durant has an issue playing 45 minutes a game. I don't think DeAndre Ayton has 45 minutes a game. I think the only person we will see struggling with that amount of time a game is Chris Paul. However, at the same point, his lack of need in the scoring aspect of the game will make up for that minute loss because I think, in my opinion, I think you can plug and play any point guard in the game that's willing to be a a pass-first point guard can plug and play that spot and be... Got it. Uh, I think we've been long overdue, actually. Have we been? I think 150 to two minutes is or two hours. Did we do it 150? Yeah. Yeah. You sure? I'm positive. Yeah, 100%. But I think that 
Chris Paul, I think you can, in reality, their bench, I think, uh, who's their, can you pull up their bench point guard real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Just so I don't get this wrong. I can't remember if they traded Cam Johnson or Cam Payne. No, Cam Payne is still a, a son. Cam Johnson is now a net. So, yeah, I think Cam Payne has no issue being a pass force pass first point guard. So look at their their depth isn't as bad as we think it is. You got Bismack Biombo who is not great, but he can fill in for 20 minutes. Tory Craig defensive pretty good defensively. TJ Warren, defensive mastermind. Then you got uh is TJ Warren not gone to the Nets? Uh this is their current depth chart. I could be wrong. Uh, you got Terrence Ross, who can somewhat fill in offensively as far as stretching the floor goes. And then Cameron Payne, who is completely comfortable in that six-man role, willing to be a pass-first guy, but can also score at any given moment. Like I said, I think this is the most complete wa- roster in the West. As far as everyone knows their roles, everyone knows what they need to do to win especially with the addition of Kevin Durant. I don't think that affected everything as much as I thought it would. So no doubt in your mind, the Suns win the West and represent the West in the finals. Absolutely. Well, we'll come back very soon with our East picks, our cigar reviews, another sip or two. We've been going on, what, two hours now? Shan, take us to break. We'll come back right after this on episode 31 of Sports and Stogies. Amount of time. No, no, you're going to be drinking right now. Let's go. Let's, I let's, haven't even said 100%. Let's we let, are back. You just said that? it, what, so you actually... Saying? He just said 100%. No, so. Say what? Let's let <laughs> no, Cam know. pretend to take a drink, and I'll do one, and <laughs> okay. we'll go from there. Maybe so you do Shane, a double. Drink my drink for me. Fuck. <laughs> Dude, what I mean, are I you? will. At I least will. this time, we got another drink in five minutes. All right, that's cool. Okay. Shane, Austin's, bring us back in with the NBA East. We're already on. Power we, we are back. Oh, we're We're on. We oh, we're on. oh, well, my God, we are more <laughs> drunk than I thought we were. So you're uh, going to do a double, one for me, correct. for this alleged quote rule that I misdid, but I thought we were off for. I didn't think off air counted towards the rules, but now I'm aware of that. All right, Shane, while I take my drink, bring us back in with the NBA East All power right. rankings, the official power rankings of sports and stogies. Except the top five. There may yeah. be some dissent there. So, so uh, I don't have it written down. Let's take Shane, a look. Shane, bring us back in, your producer. Yeah, just bring Come us in back hot. in, bro. All right, we are back here at Sports and Stogies <laughs> with your NBA power rankings of the Eastern Conference. Starting out at number 10, who do we have, Cam? Hang on. Has anybody ever told you you have a great voice for radio? That was yes. solid. That was solid. I like that. That I like was that a amazing. Lot. Dude, how do you think I get these old people to buy those memberships at Best Buy? That was as good as me and Austin. Yeah. Like, dare I, I say, maybe even better. Dude. I don't think I could have picked a better executive producer. You really couldn't have. Nailed it. No. Wow. All right, now, now that Cam is done interrupting you, oh, bring, you us did back, inter- bring us back into the show. He interrupted, but it wasn't you. I'm gonna let you decide. Do you think loopholes? Nope. I'll do one. I'll do a shot regardless. Okay. Either okay. either way, brings back in nice and comfy. All right. So at number ten, who do we have, Cameron? We have the Atlanta Hawks, and this was one that we all agreed on. I mean, they are the most bang average team in the league. 
let alone the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, we agreed on 10 through 5. It's 4 through 1 that we had a little discrepancy. A little bit of uh, argument on. A little bit. And mainly just the, well, actually, just the 3 through 1. I think we all agreed on the 4. Yeah, Um, we'll get there. Either way, number 10, Cam, what do we have? We have the Atlanta Hawks. Across the board, not much to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, 500 team. I don't see them making any kind of run. And we have seen this exact team in the playoffs before, and they have done pretty much nothing. I mean, they'll take you to seven games, but that's if they get through the play-in, which the play-in this year is very tough, in my opinion. One of the tougher play-ins we've seen. It's not like we're seeing the the magic the versus Detroit and then the the Hawks versus... The Pacers. Unfortunately, the Pacers couldn't get it. Losing Sabonis was a lot more significant than they thought, in my opinion. I think they would be a playoff team with Sabonis. But that's a conversation for another time. Well, how about that number nine seed? Number nine, Toronto Raptors. Pretty sneaky, to be honest. The Toronto Raptors is sneaky because, one, their players are used to playing 40 minutes a game. 45. So you don't have to worry about depth because their starters are going to play pretty much every minute of every game. However, I don't think that they are consistent enough. Again, this is another bang average team. They're 40 for 40. They're shooting 50% from the field. I mean, you can't get more average than that. You know exactly what you're going to get. Exactly. So this is a point where obviously play and matchup matters. If Toronto gets matched up against the Hawks, then I think Toronto succeeds. I think OG Ananobi is a guy who can lock up your best player for a one, two, three, or seven game series and totally take them out of the game. However, this is kind of a testament to the Hawks. The addition of DeJounte Murray in the offseason, yes, it has not come to quite the fruition we thought in the regular season, but... One, we have not seen playoff DeJounte yet. We know this guy can go out and get you a triple-double every night, if need be. Uh, We have seen off-ball Trey. We have seen his efficiency go up. However, I think all around the Raptors are more set to play in the postseason. They're definitely used to that, of course, yeah. But... Again, the 9 and 10 for me is a toss-up. I think they're pretty even. It's a coin flip. Because we haven't really seen Trey Young off-ball postseason. And we've never seen DeJounte Murray postseason. Do you think either of them will actually show that? I think DeJounte Murray can make a significant impact in a postseason game. Off-ball? DeJounte Murray is the main ball handler. I think Trey Young off-ball in the postseason is something we've never seen. And I think that his three-point shot in the postseason will be more efficient than him on ball in the postseason. So before number eight seed, Cam, what is the group we're most officially affiliated with? I'm not going to say that. What, no, I think it's um, the Ohio. The Ohio. Ohio Cigar Mafia. But hey I think there's like a. There's like a three-letter. There is an acronym, but no, I think uh, the the full the full thing definitely the, counts towards the full the thing. Is no, uh, no, 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 no. I agree. Specifically, the acronym. Oh no, and no, that's let's, weak. Let's talk about this. That's is, weak. 
We're talking yeah. about tax loopholes. Are you going to bitch out <laughs> and not do a shot? I'll, I'll do, do a one shot. too. Fuck it. I'll do a shot. What's my what's my thing, Shane? Yeah, either way, uh, I'm in. God, dude. This guy's going to fall asleep mid-recording. The I'm number like, eight. The number the eight The Chicago seed. Bulls. The Pat Bev Bulls. So I like that addition a lot. They're that, playing uh, very good ball right now. Kind of the reason I didn't like them at the 10. They're playing great. Vucevic is healthy. Mer, uh, DeMar DeRozan is healthy. Zach Levine is healthy. They're all playing great. The chemistry is great. Pat Bev kind of makes up for that lackluster defense they've notoriously had the last couple years. Um, however, I don't think they're quite a powerhouse yet. Um, I think if Lonzo Ball does ever come back, I think that is the one piece they are missing. Uh, that's a big if. That two-way facilitating, excellent playmaking, great defender – is exactly what they are missing in order to be one of these top five teams. Unfortunately, right now, they do not have that. Um, defensively, adding Pat Bev, you have Pat Bev in the starting roster, starting lineup, I believe. Alex Caruso coming off the bench, which is also a great defender. You don't quite have that facilitating level you need to be a contender in the playoffs with those two guys. They're not really ball handlers. They're not really a threat offensively like Lonzo Ball would be, who shoots normally 35% from three, 40% from the floor, 38% from the floor, whatever it may be, with elite ball handling and facilitating with that defensive capability. Do you think they're better than our number seven seed? My team of the week, by the way, went three and I think four and one. The Brooklyn Nets. So, I do not. Um, this is where we kind of start to disagree a little bit in the yeah. East. Uh, I think we got the Nets, the 6 and the 5 Yeah, all the but same. We're, we're coming down with, with but some we're getting actual close. disagreement. Yeah. Um, I think McCall Bridges is one of the most elite scorers in the NBA. I think now he has a spotlight on him, and it has shown that he can be that. I think... Spencer Dinwiddie, who is back with the Nets, for some reason... Sixth man of the year, by the plays way. ...plays his best ball in Brooklyn. He has a slight stat up uprising in Brooklyn than he had in Dallas. But I, I think the Nets are scary, honestly. They I, have, I totally agree. They got all the depth from the Suns. Now the Suns still kept some of their depth. We touched on that already. But with Cam Johnson, with McCall Bridges, with Spencer Dinwiddie, with um, uh, who's the? Do they have two Cam Johnsons now? Uh, I think they have um, one Cam. Who's Johnson. the uh, ain't Cam shit Johnson. funny guy? Cam uh, Johnson. Who's the? Didn't they get a Cam Johnson from Sons? I think you're thinking of my main man, Nick Claxton. No, Nick Claxton. No, no, no that's definitely there. Nick Claxton. He was no. from Brooklyn. He is he, already there. He's been in Brooklyn for no, a while. You're all wrong. I thought they got no. a point guard. No, because the Suns had a guy named Cam Johnson, too. God damn it, Shane I'm pulled it up. it up. I'm pulling yeah, it up. Yeah, the Suns shipped Cam Johnson to Denver. I mean, to uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, but Cam Johnson, there was already a Cam Johnson, and the ain't shit funny guy is Cam Johnson. Correct. So, and I don't think they got no, anybody else. No, ain't, ain't shit funny guy is Cam, Cam Thomas. Thomas. 
And yeah. I think he's going to be so, really key in this because so they, we have we have Cam Thomas and Cam Johnson. Correct. So that's exactly so that's right. Look at their starting lineup. Scroll down a little bit. And also Cameron Vinklovich. So <laughs> <laughs> So you have Dinwiddie, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith who we know is a great two-way player. Great defender. Especially. We have Nick Claxton who is on the rise to be one of the best centers in the league. Then off the bench you have three-point specialists Seth Curry, Joe Harris. Then you have two-way player who is also a decent three-point shooter, Royce O'Neal. Then Cam Johnson, who we have seen play in the postseason with the Suns, played very well. Uh, their center's not so much in the great department. I've noticed there's one player. Uh, you know, he's not listed, but he's paid a significant amount of money, Cam. Would that be Ben Simmons? That would be Ben Simmons. Uh, ben I'm Simmons. Sorry, who? 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 He's not listed to play, though. That's really yeah, weird. Yeah, Ben Simmons got uh, shut down. Yeah, he's a oh, fucking bum. He's he a is bum. Lying. We can go. We've had that debate before. I stand by my comments, whether he got shut down or not. The man's not playing in the goddamn postseason. He's he a bum. He was not <laughs> schemed into their offense correctly. Doesn't matter. He's I a will bum. say that bum. over and over Shane's again, a, bum. Bum. a million times. I don't care what you guys say. I stand by Benson. We we both agree he's a bum. He's a bum. That's fine. You guys can agree on that. I disagree. Do you think the Nets potentially beat their playing matchup, which as of now is the Hawks? Oh yes, yes, absolutely. they definitely should. Right? I think the Nets. Of the the teams in the playoffs, or no, the Nets are locked into the sixth seed. It looks like they move up to the six. Again, this is our official in our, in our power SMS rankings, rankings. They're the seven, but in the official standings, they're the six. So they'll be locked in. I think they can take whatever team they play first to to seven. Do you think they win? It depends. It does, but. I am confident saying they can get out of the first round, but it also depends on how the other team plays. If oh. they play the Hawks or Toronto, they definitely make it out of the first round. If they play the Heat or the Bulls, it'll go to seven, and I'm not confident saying that the Nets win it. Well, you mentioned the Heat, which are number six seed. I think a team that can get gritty and make a run how far do you see them going? They've, We've seen postseason heat before. We know postseason Jimmy Butler. We before. know they can pretty much take any team to seven. We have seen it time and time again. Now, where the the factors lie is not Jimmy Butler, not Bam Adebayo. We know what they're going to give you, but it depends on Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. If Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero both play good, they can beat any team in the East. However. Those two guys are very inconsistent. Kyle Lowry's role seems to still be unknown to him. He, in my opinion, was brought in as a two-way facilitator. However, we still see him take eight threes. We still see him take 10 shots. We still see him take 15 shots. We see him try to do what he did in Toronto, where he puts the team on his back and try and carry them through wins with another star. I don't think that his, that is his role in Miami. And I think that is why we have seen them be unsuccessful in the in the regular season. I think that's why we've seen them unsuccessful in the postseason in the past. Because, yes, he did get a very, very large contract. And, yes, you want to play up to that contract stand, that 
contract standards. You want to play relative to all the other players with that same contract. And I don't disagree with that. However, the team already paid you. In my opinion, they paid you for a role that isn't the other people in that same contract bracket. I think they paid you to be a two-way facilitator. I think they paid you to average two steals a game. I think they paid you to average 12 assists. I think they paid you more for that Chris Paul role, not as much as the Devin Booker role, not as much as the Steph Curry role. Now, they're not on the same level contract-wise. Maybe him and Chris Paul are. But I think genuinely, if he finally figures out what his role is, if he finally figures out, I just need to be a two-way facilitator. I need to let Tyler Hero take threes. I need to let Jimmy Butler take the middies. I need to pass the ball to Bam in the paint because he's going to score. Bam out of bio can stretch the floor. I need to pass it to him in the corner. You have, um, uh, who's their three-point guy? Duncan Robinson. You have Duncan Robinson coming off the bench. If he's in the game, I need to get him the ball when he's open. Again, Duncan Robinson's a little inconsistent. However, you still need to feed these guys these shots. And in my opinion, I think Kyle Lowry, when he's in those situations, he feels the pressure to play to that contract level where I need to hit this three. I need to drive to the paint. I need to make these shots. I need to score 30 points a game. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it kind of ties back to Ben Simmons because a lot of people think Ben Simmons should have adjusted his mentality to that role instead of just playing how he is. If Kyle Lowry would just play consistently for his role, got it. Oh, boys, it's indeed done. If Shane, Ky- good call. If Kyle Lowry would play to Whoa, his stop role, talking. take a drink, I, sir. I don't like to be interrupted. Well, yeah, you know you what, Shane, the executive producer does indeed have the ultimate say so. <laughs> I don't <laughs> took my drink. I don't know if you remember this, but you did tell me to go ahead and interrupt you. <laughs> I, b- I believe I did. You did. But if Kyle Lowry plays to his role in the postseason, I think we will see the Heat more successful than we think they will be. Now, my personal favorite matchup of the first round, and both teams could go quite a long way, are number five seed, the New York Knicks. Which I do And have. number four, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Which we, we all have the same. Consensus. I love both teams. Who do you think, one, wins this series, and two, could either team make a potential finals run? So, in my opinion, and I know this is going to sound biased because everyone knows I'm a Cavs fan, I think the Cavs are better all around. However, if the Knicks stay hot, if Jalen Brunson stays shooting 50%, if Julius Randle stays shooting 50%, if... Uh, Emmanuel quickly. If Emmanuel quickly comes off the bench and shoots 50%, if R.J. Barrett shoots 50%, there's a lot of ifs here. But offensively, if we, if the Cavs cannot stop them with their elite defense, which we know they have, if the Cavs cannot stop them, the Knicks are hitting contested shots, which we've seen Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel quickly. We've seen Mitchell Robinson. We've seen them all hit these very contested shots, great defended shots. If they can do that consistently, the Knicks win the series. If at some point the Cavs' defense 
overhauls the Knicks offense than with Donovan Mitchell dropping six consecutive 40-point games. If we can see Darius Garland facilitating at an elite level like we've seen, if we can see Evan Mobley being a beautiful third option at an elite level, if we can see Jared Allen guarding the paint where it seems unbreachable, if we can see all those things, I think the Cavaliers have to play perfect in order to knock the Knicks off in a seven-game series. I, I think I, the Cavs win, and I think you didn't mention Karis LeVert off the bench. He is very miss. a substantial, I think he's going to get hot. I think he goes up and shows a big time, and the Cavs take it. I don't want to say seven. I'm going to say four, too. I think for the Knicks to win, the Stars have to be lined up perfectly because the Cavs' defense... I think it's the other way around. Really? I genuinely do. Honestly, I'm with Shane. I have the Cavs at four. I think the Cavs are a better team on paper. On paper, maybe. Maybe. However, if, say, Julius Randle's having an off day, you still have Mitchell Robinson who can drop 20 and 15. You still have Jalen Brunson who's averaging like 24 and 7. You still have R.J. Barrett, who's averaging like 20. You still have Emmanuel Quickly, who could come off the bench and drop 40. Like You still have all these, all these factors offensively that can overwhelm the Cavs because once those starting five get out, their defense takes a huge shot. Chetty Osmond's not a great defender. He's not bad, but he's not great. Uh, Ricky Rubio's not a great defender. He's a great facilitator, but on the other end of the floor, he's not great. You have all these, all these if factors. Yes, if... Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, uh, Jared Allen, and Donovan Mitchell play 45 minutes every game. They will 100%. I think they would sweep the Knicks, but that's not the case. Uh, staff is very adamant about getting everyone involved, especially in playoff scenarios. We've seen it before. I, I love Brickerstaff. I love what he's done. He develops these players to an amazing level at – Third year, second year, we've seen it. We've seen it with Darius Garland. We've seen it with Colin Sexton. We've seen it with Akuro, who's taken a big step in his third year. We've seen it with Mobley, who's taking a massive step in his second year. We've seen it with Mitchell, who's gotten in the chemistry as fast as probably anyone in history. But I think the stars have to be aligned for the Cavs to beat the Knicks because the Knicks are just such a wild card of a team. I think you're really you're paying too much attention to the Knicks offense. You're not considering the fact I don't think the Knicks have anyone that can realistically guard Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Also, I, th- I think Randall is so inconsistent. He is. He is. And you have to think, dude, you've got you've got Evan Mobley who's going to be on Randall and Mitchell most of that series and that man doesn't let up. No, I agree. But the problem is when you have four great options of offense, it is very difficult to guard all of them. Okay, great is a strong word. Brunson's yeah. a great option for offense. Correct. Him and Randall, mm. I'll give you that. Mitchell's a great option for offense. Mm. Well, we're talking different teams here. Mitchell Robinson. Not Donovan Mitchell. Not a great option. Yes, no. he is. 100%. Offensively, a great option, not a chance. He does not spread the floor, but he is a paint-dominant player. There is not a lot of bigs in the league that can stop him. Look, I love Mitchell, but he's not a 
what I would call a great offensive option. No, he's a pick and roll guy. Let me okay. Let me rephrase. Allen locks him down all day. Let me rephrase. Please do. Mitchell Robinson is a great paint scorer against a great paint protect protector. Correct, Jared Allen. Two so, great paint protectors. Right, but the problem is you cannot play Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in the paint. But either, you have to play one or the other. Dude, look at the Cavs' defensive numbers. Either one of I them know. have the paint I'm on I'm telling lock. you, they are one of the best defensive teams. But the Knicks are such a wild card offensively, it is hard to, in my opinion, Darius Garland's not the best defensive guard in the league. I think Jalen Brunson can easily expose him. I think Jalen Brunson's that talented. I would flip. I'd say Garland can expose Brunson. I disagree. I think Mitchell's a better defender than Brunson. So say, mm-hmm. say you flip that. You put... Mitchell on Brunson, and you put Garland on R.J. Barrett. What's Garland going to do against R.J. Barrett? R.J. Barrett's going to miss 17 shots. Or <laughs> he's going to hit 30. Not a chance. That's what I'm telling you. They're not a such chance. a wild card team. One, you have Wild to, card teams do not win series, and the but Knicks they have, can. It's a seven-game series. The Knicks have proven that the they Knicks, can't even make it past the Hawks. I Knicks mean, don't do that. They're not making this it is, This past. is the first Knicks team we've seen with Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson last year was the most dominant player in the playoffs other than Luka. Tell yeah, me I'm wrong. with a different coach. Look, I love Brunson. With, I love Brunson. The Knicks have a better coach than the Mavericks. That's There's, why they're locked into the playoffs. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. All right, boys. Let's put our money where our mouths are and uh, do a little cigar bet. That the Knicks Based take the on, Cavs? So. Okay, so I have, okay. I have Cavs. I've got the First Cavs. First of all, one, I'm not saying that I'm 100% confident. Take a yes, drink. Yes, you are. Dude, I say, take a you, drink. You're way too sober, first of all. Take a drink. No, I am oh, no, you're definitely. The past hour and a half, honest to God, you've been way too sober. Okay, Austin. The take a drink was for his 100%, not the time. Well, I'm doing mine, too. Oh, okay. We're one minute away from having to take another drink. <laughs> but now, Shane, your your proposition. I say I think you guys are taking me way out of context here. No, I think we're definitely on context. No, I'm telling you that you guys are saying the stars have to align for the Knicks to win. I think the Knicks are way too offensive for to in order to say that. I think the stars have to align for the Cavs to win. We've seen the Cavs in the playoffs. We've seen Darius Garland drop these big games. We've seen Evan Mobley drop these big games. We've seen Jared Allen stay consistent. I agree with that. We've seen Mitchell play good in the playoffs, but we have yet to see Garland and Mobley play great in the playoffs. No, I think defensively the Cavs step up. I think playoff Donovan is a huge upside. I really don't see a situation in which the Knicks will win that series. Best of seven, I don't see it. I think Cavs win 4-2. You cannot guard all of the offensive options that the Knicks have. I think you're discounting because what the Cavaliers do defensively. I am a diehard Cavaliers fan. Dude, I'm I with have, you. I'm with you. Dude. I have watched more Cavs games than both of you combined I guarantee this that. year than the last seven guarantee that you guys that. have watched. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm telling you right now, Darius Garland versus Jalen Brunson, if that's the matchup, Brunson takes it. Doesn't matter. They're going to switch. If, Mitchell locks down Brunson. They're going to okay. switch. They're going to switch. RJ Barrett takes advantage of that size difference. Do you trust RJ Barrett 100%. in a playoff series? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Ab- no chance. 
Here's my no thing. chance. If RJ I'm betting Barrett, on RJ Barrett in a goddamn playoff series, I will kill myself. But you're willing to put the Kings at the five? Okay, that's the with way the off team base. with no playoff experience at all. You're switching the argument to something that has nothing to do with you're what we're talking sa- about. No, but what you're saying is you're going to say, look at that right there. R.J. Barrett averaged fourteen seven and three in his five games in his playoff career. They took whatever team that is to a seven game series against Mitchell. That was what did Mitchell do in the West? What did Mitchell do in the playoffs? That was two years ago. What did Mitchell do in the playoffs? Pull up Donovan Mitchell's playoff stats. You know what, Cam? When we're both celebrating the Cavs moving on, I'll be right here with you. I will. Happy as can be. I would love that. But you guys are making it seem like this is a whole lot easier of a playoff. I said seven games. That's not easy. No, no, no. You said 4-2. Okay, I didn't say 4-2. Either way, that's my correction. I said six games. 4-2 is a significant difference. I don't think the Cavs can win two in a row. So in 39 the playoff games, Donovan Mitchell averages 28.3, 5, and 5. I agree, and no, that's I great. I'm telling you, Spider takes over. But, I think the Cavs defense locks down the inconsistent Knicks offense, and the Cavs move on. But look at the splits. Look at the, the splits. The splits don't matter this yes, it year. Does. It's head-to-head. Look at the splits. 11 playoff games, that's two series. Five playoff games, that's one series. It's old time. Seven playoff games, that's one series. Old time. Donovan Mitchell has never made it out of the second round. Guess what? That's old news. All right. New team, new coach, new teammates. And guess what? The Cavs have also never made it out of the first or second round. Based on what, last year? With this team. Guess what? New team. team. New team, new players. It's not a new team. It's one new player. Do you think a new addition of Jalen Brunson... Puts the Knicks that far forward? Yes. No. We have seen. Look, go ahead and pull up playoff Brunson. No, don't, don't, don't. Playoff, don't, playoff Shane, Brunson. Shane, don't. Pull up playoff Brunson right now. I think. That look, now, I love. I, again, I love playoff Brunson. Type in playoff Brunson right I now. I love playoff Jaylen Brunson. Brunson playoff stats. Pull but it up. The Cavs lock him up. down. The Cavs lock pull him it down. Up. They didn't lock him down tonight. They lost. This game does not matter at it all. It does. It does not. They're fighting for seeding. It no, matters. four or five is locked in. Four or five is locked Look in. Look at that. Averaging 34 minutes last year, he averaged 21, four, and three. And that's with being the second option. Weak. That's the second option. Donovan Mitchell was never the second option. Tell me Mitchell does not lock his ass down. I will tell you he does not. Let's make you a know bet. why? Shane, you want to make a bet? I'd love to make a bet. I'm saying... Win the Cavs and the Knicks play. Listen, I would love to see the Cavs Cam, go. Are as you going far as to possible. bet against your own team? I will. Cavs win the series. Cavs, no, they don't. Cavs win. Cavs win. No, I'll, I'll shake on that. Shake. Cavs win. We're set. What's the bet, dude? Why is your hand so wet? He's a sweaty guy, man. He's <laughs> very sweaty right now, and I'm getting really heated. <laughs> so series, my whole body is very warm. Series winner, two sticks. Can two we agree sticks, on that? Which. I believe would just make us even. Two surprise sticks. That would make us even. Which I believe would just make us even. I've got cams all day. Two sticks on it. Cam, would you like to shake? What's that? Oh my God, your hands are really wet. Dude, Dude I am. What the fuck? I, I can't feel my lips. I can't feel like I'm very wait, lightheaded. Wait, 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 I am wait. hammered. Wait. You can't feel your <laughs> you lips? You can't feel no. your lips. Wait, my wait. lips are numb. He's what is that, Shane? Hold on. I mean, what does that mean? Dude, do, Shane, do you normally feel your lips? 
<laughs> not when I'm blacked out. They're, no, no. That, no that, but I'm that telling that you they're numb. <laughs> yeah, but I never actually think about. No, I. Know can you feel your lips lip. right now? Lip, lick your lips. Yes, I feel. You them. can feel it. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Shane, are we due for a shot? Uh, we are due for a shot. I think we are. Oh Jesus, Dude, let's go. I, and I think we're due for a break as well. I think we're due for a break. We're due for a break. Come back. Let's go. Let's go with a break. Three. Let's do for a shot. Cameron took his. All right. Okay. Let's go. Uh, shot for me. Break. Then we'll come back with some quick baseball news, some quick UFC news, and of course the usual segments. Close but no cigar, bums, and whatever else may come. Here. SNS episode 31 after this. Fucking mess. There's no way. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. There's no. Cam, there's no way you came in that drunk and that messed up when you actually questioned. Whether or not you just you're fist yourself. No, 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 no. I wasn't. I wasn't questioning. I was letting you guys know. Nope, nope. I was letting you guys know that this around my waistband is not piss. It is, though. It is. That it's sweat. Nope, it's piss. And I showed you. <laughs> Dude, are you sure you want him sleeping on your couch tonight? I don't. Honestly, I do not at all. Dude, I could not walk. I am. Oh uh, yeah, clearly. I so. think I'm the definition of like seven too many. Um. So can we count? Um. How uh, much have you had, Cam? Oh my god. I don't know. Eight, I had a beer. Shots? I drank half a glass of the Glen Karen of New Rift before. I drank. Th- I took three shots before the show while we were outlining. Correct. And I don't know how many, but uh, I want to say five on air. No, dude. We've, I've that, killed most of this bottle. You think you took two shots of it? Uh, should it was, we? We gotta finish her off yeah. here, right? It was about two. It was about half full. Let's toast, huh? I've got one shot left. Uh, we got four minutes. Doesn't matter. We're late. Come on, we're <laughs> no, late. No, 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 we got four minutes, and we got all right. Shane, take us two. No, no, we got three more seats so, to cover. Shane, do you have any topics? I do have a topic. No, we need to finish the power I, uh, rankings. We'll get there. Uh, no, it's easy. Now. Our number two in the in the East is the Celtics. Well, number three is the Celtics. My number three is the, uh, actually the Cavs. Yeah. What? Where yeah, are you we the 76ers? Uh, the Sixers for me is at four. Oh. I got okay. four Sixers, three Cavs, two Celtics, and one, of course, my championship prediction, the Bucks. Who is not <sighs> going not to lose? Please don't. Do not. <laughs> oh my the God. Please don't. I'm not going to throw up. Um, so I had. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop, 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 stop. It's just the hiccups. Shane, your predictions, your top five. I had the Bucks at one, the Celtics at two, Sixers at three. Um, who did I have at four? Cavs at four, Knicks at five. Good so man. Me and, me, and the, me and Shane both had the Cavs at four. So that should have been the consensus pick because that's the majority. Okay, whatever. Overall. That's how we did I everything have, else. I don't have camps. I have kids at three. I think that's a little too high. Okay, give me yours. I have the Celtics at three, the Bucks at two, the Sixers at one. <laughs> I don't care what you guys know, what noises you make. Shane, Bucks are a clear one, right? I, let me, I think Let so. me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Genuinely. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Hit me. Who did the Celtics have for James Harden and Joel Embiid? I don't even Celtics, think it really. I don't give a fuck about them. Nobody. Who do the, the Bucks have for Joel Embiid and James Harden? Giannis and Drew locked down literally everybody. DPOY, Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Lopez. Shane, pull up 
Jan, or Joel Embiid and James Harden stats against the Celtics. Okay, let's let's say because it. keep in mind Joel Embiid just dropped fifty one on the Celtics. That's irrelevant. So we show that 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 Brooke Lopez. Okay, so question: whoever. Do you think Joel Embiid drops fifty one on Brooke Wait, Lopez sorry. and Giannis? Sorry, pull up the no. Nope. Avoid my question. No, that's, no, that's no. Nice. I was I accidentally told him to pull up versus the Celtics. I meant to pull up versus the Bucks. Either way, do you think you'll probably have Embiid, to Google it? Do you think MB drops fifty two on Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday? I think that no. The answer is no. No, the answer is Embiid is going to be covered by Brooke Lopez if they try and double. You leave again. We're forgetting about Tobias Harris, who's inconsistent, but if he's open. He has a very good percentage. Can you repeat your thoughts previously on Tobias Harris? Yes. I'd love to hear them. Absolute bum. I think previously. Sucks cock. Not absolute bum or sucks cock. Come on. Don't don't say that. I think previously he has costed the Sixers playoff games. Correct. Yes. I agree. However, James Harden. James Harden can has pass him the ball wide never open, and he'll once. still miss the shot. James Harden has never once costed the Rockets a game. He's not. No. Let's say late he game. He has never once costed the Nets a game. Let's say late he game. He has been the consistent player on both teams he's played for. Okay, late game. James Harden passes the ball. To Let's look wide, at that. To look. wide open Tobias Harris. Do me a favor. Do you think Tobias up, Harris since, makes that since shot? Since we did this for Donovan Mitchell to prove a point, let's pull up James Harden in the playoffs. I fucking hate you. Let's pull up James Harden in the playoffs real quick. It's time for a shot, right, Shane? No, it, it's not. It is time for a James I'm do, Harden. I'm doing one. I'm doing one. You do one. I'm going to take a break. This man's a fucking pussy. James Harden in the playoffs. I didn't know you had a vagina. 149 games in the playoffs, averaging 22, 6, and 5. Okay, so there you go. There's a player that can give you 22 points, 23 points. We'll round it up. Okay, please we'll, round, that. We'll round, round that. Round, we'll round up a lot. Round up a lot. We'll round everything We'll round everything as it says with the decimal points. 23, 6, and 6. Okay. You tell me someone, name more than one player on the Bucks that can give you 23, 6, and 6. Do you honestly Drew Holiday, think, Chris Middleton, Giannis. Uh, Chris Middleton cannot give you, you 23, Shane. 6, thank and you, 6. Thank you, Shane. Do you honestly think James Harden? Drew Holiday cannot give you 23, 6, and 6. Uh, he Giannis will. can. He has, and he, he will. I'll give you that. Giannis can. Show but me what do you Drew Holiday has done in the playoffs. Postseason Jimmy Harden. Is going to give you those numbers against the Bucks, no less. Yes, and or the Celtics. Yes, maybe. Boom, eighteen points, seven assists, five rebounds. So he actually he dropped. We'll say nineteen six and seven. And let's 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 look. His best playoff experience Word. was with the. Pelicans. Oh when, shit! Guess what? He was the number one option. Oh well, that clearly factors in. That's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, look what he's done with the Bucks. I'd say nineteen six and seven is pretty solid. With it two, is with two steals a game. But guess what? It's not twenty two six and six. That's just James Harden. Cam, I want you to make a case for me. Pull up Tobias Harris. Nope, no, nope. Shane, please don't do that. Shane, I, I mean, Cam, I, make I, a case for me. <laughs> How can the Sixers beat the Bucks? On the floor. On the floor? <laughs> on the floor. Uh, one, I will give you that the Bucks are a better defensive team. No, don't give me anything. How do I'll they give beat you the that. Bucks? How do they beat the Bucks? James Harden. How? And Joel Embiid. How? That's Expand, all you need. please. What do you mean? What, do they shoot 100%? Who 
Brooke Lopez's defensive year candidate. Drew Holiday locks down okay. Jimmy Harden. Is that going to stop him from getting 27 assists? Yes. No, it's not. Yes, it will. No, it's not. James Harden is one of the best. Uh, you're forgetting who James Harden is, first of all. I, I love Jimmy he Harden. He is one I of the love. best, if not the best shot creator but in, the, you're forgetting in the entire league. Who Drew Holiday is. How many defensive player of the years have Drew Holiday won? That's irrelevant. So he's never been the best defensive oh player of the year. Oh my God, you're high. Shane, please never, help here. Please all right, help. so we're going to go on to the next topic, which no, is... No, no, whoa, no. whoa, 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 whoa. No, please don't change. Listen. Shane, just please tell me. If you have any comment along, okay. do you think Drew Holiday can shut down current day James Harden? Say something dumb. Really say something dumb. I'd love to have a chance to say it. Say um, it. Do you think Brooke Lopez and Giannis can lock down Joel Embiid? Absolutely. Go ahead, They've double team Joel Embiid. You're, Go a, ahead. you're a Sixers fan. I'm a Sixers fan. Are I, you? I am a Sixers fan. Explain me this. How are you going to double team Joel Embiid? You don't. And stop. You don't. James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Tobias Harris. Guess what? You single team. This is a Doc Rivers-led team. So it doesn't matter. That means they no. never perform. You know what playoffs. that means? No, 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 no. 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 Stop no. talking. Stop interrupting. Shut the fuck up. That's seven shots. No. You leave Brooke Lopez on Embiid. Say something dumb. Really you say you something dumb. You leave Brooke Lopez on Embiid, locks him down. Guess what? To what? You've got, you've got Holiday to on what? Jimmy no, Harden. No, 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 no. What does... Brooke Lopez call what's what's Joel Embiid's stat line with Brooke Lopez guarding him? Pull it up, Shane. Doesn't matter. No, no, no. He you locks tell me. him down. You said he's going to lock him down. What's his stat line? In a playoff situation. Don't say Brooke, something dumb. Brooke Lopez locks down Joel Pull Embiid. Up Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Drew Holiday locks down Jimmy Harden. Guess what? You've got Giannis. Drew Holiday locks down Jimmy Harden? Absolutely he does. Drew Holiday locks down Jimmy Harden. Yes, look at all he does. look at all those games against Oh my God! Look at that right there. You're telling me he's gonna lock down Giannis when he's dropped, or lock down Joel Embiid? He's dropped. Let's see, 30, 40, 34, 31, 19, 17, 24, 29, 13, 32, 31, oh yeah, 29. 13. 13 is a great okay, number. We're talking about seven game series. Take seven of those games. How many of those hey, did he not drop more than twenty five? Like I'll, four. I'll tops. Let, I will let Jimmy Harden. Shoot as many shots as he want. I'll let him score 30. I'm going to tell you. No, this is Joel Embiid, the guy who's going to get locked down by Brooke Lopez. Correction. Who, I'll, I will in let my Joel opinion, Embiid. is also the defensive player of the year. Not for Giannis. 100%. You're high. I bet You're high. him to win defensive player of the year. You're high. I will say, Austin, I, I am pretty sure he has the best odds right now for DPOY. Odds are I bet Brooke Lopez three months ago to win Brooke, defensive player of the year. But Giannis is, or Joel Embiid is unstoppable. Look, you've got Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Brooke Lopez. I'll be honest. Three of the top five defensive players in the league. Do I, you really think that the Sixers, as bad as they are, and they have been. As bad? What have they done postseason? As bad? What have what they have done the- Postseason. Okay, what has Drew Holiday done postseason? Um, what has Brooke Lopez done postseason? I'm well, pretty sure they, they do have rings. They do yeah, have but what rings. has Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday done individually? Last time I checked, that uh, this is going to sound kind of crazy. When did you check? What's uh, what's his name? What's his name? What's oh, yeah, that name? guy. Oh, man. Uh, that really boosts Last time argument. I checked, Bobby Portis. 
was fucking sixth man the of the year. Mastermind in the Bucks finals. Oh, look. Oh, there's Brooke Lopez's amazing stats in the playoffs. I'm sorry. What was your point? Look at that. What's Brooke Lopez uh, done with Cam, the Bucks? I'm sorry. What was What's your point? Bro- you're looking at it. What's Brooke Lopez not- done with the Bucks? What was your point? Nothing. In the playoffs. As a, six, as a sixth man? As a starting center. No, as a sixth man. Please. No. Brooke Cam. Lopez has been a starter since he came to the Bucks. Cam, I, I want you to honestly lay out how can the Sixers beat the Bucks. Gian, or Joel Embiid drops 30. That's how? a given. How? How? That's a given. How? He's done it on Brooke Lopez many times. You're right. That's not a problem. You think they won't double him? Double him. Guess what? Then you leave either... James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, or Tobias Harris open. Tobias Do you Harris, think Tobias Harris is hitting down clutch shots? Not clutch shots, but I think he'll consistently give you 20. What do you mean not clutch shots? It's I a think playoff series. I it's think a playoff. Every think shot is clutch. I would rather trust Stevie Wonder to hit the game-winning shot than Tobias you're Harris. You're not giving Thank the game-winning shot. You know who you're giving the game-winning shot to? No matter if he's triple-covered, James Harden. No, but you're saying because you can rely on the... Tobias Harris in clutch situations. No, 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 no. You I did. We're not talking about clutch situations. Yes, we are. Series. We are. You're considering the entire playoffs a clutch situation from minute one to minute 50? Absolutely. Yes, that's clutch. Yes. Okay, how many times? Then pull up Tobias Harris stats. Nope, in not the, the question. Pull up Tobias Harris stats in the playoffs. Since you want to say the entire playoffs series yes, it is, don't is shit. clutch, pull up Tobias Harris stats in the playoffs. I will. I bet you he's going to average 20. Will it, Will he average 20 this year against the Bucks? No, 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 no. That's not what you said. You said in play. Look at that. He's averaging 18, 9, and 3. Or, or Do you think that will up. translate to yes. this postseason? Because it hasn't stopped. Look, he's been consistent his whole career. He's peaking his last two years. Cam, you've literally laid all the blame on Tobias Harris for, for Ben Simmons' failures. Previously. Yes. Yes. Because so, there was a game where Tobias Harris shot like 9 for 30. And you one, think that will not happen again? One game. Dude, you're, you're out of your One mind. One game. You're out of your mind. You have arguably the best facilitator in basketball right now. Argue I, against it. I agree with that. You I can't. Lo- I love Okay, guess what? You're forgetting that James Harden for like three years consecutive won scoring titles. You're forgetting that James Harden averaged like 25 in the playoffs. I did not forget that. But you are. Why are I you writing love, that off? I love Jimmy Harden. Why are I'm, you writing him off? I'm not... You're totally taking me out of context. Okay, what has Drew Holiday done in the playoffs? Again, we saw it. Nothing. Lock down the best offensive player Who? on each team. Who? They won a fucking championship. Not because of Drew Holiday. No, but because they of won Drew, because, because of Giannis, because of Chris Middleton, because of now defensive star, Brooke Lopez. No, 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 no. Uh, Brooke, Brooke Lopez was a liability in the playoffs. Before this year, I'm sorry. Are we talking he previously? Was a, he was a liability defensively. Well, before guess what? This year. Now they have. So guess prime. what? Now they have. Guess what? Now they have. We don't know what that Brook Lopez looks like in the have playoffs. You watched Brook Lopez at all this? We season? don't know what that Brook Lopez looks like in the playoffs. He has more contested shots, like 700 more contested shots, before anybody Can else. Can I ask you a question? Place. Hit it. Name two of the best contested shot takers in the NBA. Jaron Jackson Jr. Wrong. That's. Completely pull, pull it ignorant. Pull it up. It's James Harden and Joel Embiid. You're telling me James Harden has the second most contested shots in the entire league? No, no, no. League? I'm telling you they're the best contested shot takers, meaning they score the most That's not even when contested. That's so, yeah, not. that's fine. Let Brooke Lopez contest Brooke Lopez or look contest Joel Embiid's shots all day long. 
You think that's going to stop Joel Embiid from shooting over 50%? Yes. When you have Brooke Lopez and Giannis, if you honestly Shane, think. Shane, Google Joel Embiid versus the Bucks. Do you truly think that Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton cannot lock down that Sixers offense? Can I ask you a question? Please do. Did the Bucks have that same team last year? Yes, they did. Why didn't they make the finals? Guess what? The year before that, they fucking won. I'm looking at uh, Joel Embiid's stats versus the Bucks right now. In more games than not, he scores over 25. That's irrelevant. With 10-plus rebounds. That's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. Can he carry a team to win a title? With multiple blocks a game. Can he win? Can he put up those numbers and win a title? Yes. No. Yes. No. You're yes. high. You're high. Yes. You're high. Yes. Cam, I will. All right, fellas, it's you. time to drink. Okay. I think we're overdue. Yeah. Can uh, Shane, please take over. All right, and I'm going to be honest. I don't think this conversation's going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and get us into oh, MLB. Hang on. hang on. Can we talk about that uh, game in April 2019 when? Oh yeah, Joel one Embiid, game. When oh, Joel Embiid, oh boy. When Joel and Breed dropped 34, 13, 13 with two steals, three blocks, and only three turnovers. As the executive yep, he's, producer, he's them in seven. I'm going yep. to go ahead and say no. We cannot talk about some okay. random game in April. Okay, three, let's look at just this ago. year, March and April this year. Joel Embiid. 31-6-10 against your defensive player of the year, Brooke Lopez. And my defensive player of the year, Brooke Lopez, would you say that's great? And he also did it on 50% shooting. Go ahead. Okay. The next game, 21-9-5 on 44% shooting. What makes you think he can't do that again? I'm not saying In he can't. In the only two outings they've played against the Bucks. this is the MVP we're talking about. You think all of a sudden – He's going to drop under 25 when he hasn't done that once a year. So once this year do you, in their most recent outings, you think all of a sudden Brooke Lopez is going to step it up to a new level, which he has not hit yet. Do you think 21, nine and five will carry a team to win a no, seven no, 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 game no. series? His lowest game is 28, nine and five. My correction. I'm sorry. Do you think 28, nine and five is enough to carry a team to a win in over the a seven-game series in the playoffs. In the if playoffs, you aver- if you're a player that averages twenty-eight, nine and five, you're ninety-five percent of the time on the win. Do you team. think he's going to average that? I mean, based don't on, give me a one-game sample, Cam. You're smarter. I'm giving than you that. a two-game sample. The only two times they've played this Cam, year. Cam, if you want buddy, to talk about you're this smarter season, than that. Let's talk about this entire season. Then. Let's go ahead. They started in October. The season that doesn't matter at all. October of 2022. So anything after that. So we're looking at the last four games Yep, here. go ahead. Leave, His leave it out. worst game, like the third game of the year, 15-12-3. Okay. Okay. Then we look at MVP Joel Embiid, and um, less than a month later. And Shane, the, the stats on Giannis for those games. 32-11-8 with one, one steal, three blocks. Yep, on those games. Then we look Shane. at 31-6-10. Ten assists, by the way. Did they win? Then we look at twenty-eight, nine, and five. Did they win? I can tell you, there's no win-loss right there. Well, Shane, you're really kind of dropping your ball here. Also, I, I want wins. keep in mind that his plus-minus is very good in those games. Cam, again, you're a smart guy. Do individual players win championships? No, but Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Tobias Harris will all four playing 
Okay. Come on. Come on. I'll leave Tobias come Harris on. out of yeah, it. Don't bring in Tobias okay. Harris. You're a known Tobias Harris hater. Joel Embiid and James Harden are Love better than the duo of Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Agreed. Better okay. duo. But can those two beat Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Chris I'll Middleton? tell you this right now. Tyrese Maxey, not as an elite of a defender. Bum. Brings more offense to the to the game than Drew Drew Holiday does. Yeah, when he's not locked down. So you're telling me that Drew Holiday yes. is gonna magically lock down James Harden and Tyrese Maxey? Magically? What do you mean and magically? He's gonna magically do both? He's no. gonna magically lock down Tyrese Maxey and James Harden? Yes, he will. One, I'll tell you this right now, James or Drew Holiday cannot lock down James Harden. Period. You're out of your mind. Period. How old is uh, fucking James Harden? Forty five? How old? Doesn't matter. Two Do years ago, really he led think... the league. In, he was the scoring champion two years ago. Do you think he... Two was... years ago? When was Drew Holiday Shane, ever pull that up, anything? Please. Do you really think Drew Holiday can't lock down James Harden? I genuinely don't think there's anyone that can lock in down James Harden. In a playoff scenario. James Harden's 33 years old. Okay. Okay. What does that mean? That I mean, you brought up his age for whatever reason. I did. So there you go. But do you think Drew Holiday can't lock down James Harden? I don't think that. Boys, I, I love you both very dearly, but we we're Shane. on hour three. I think we're ready for a drink, right? Shane, can Drew Holiday lock down James Harden? Shane, he can don't play lie. defense on him. He can play defense on him. Can he lock him down? I don't think he's going to lock him down. Can, Here's what I think is going to happen. Let me ask you something. Can, Shane, he's the reigning best perimeter defender of the league. Okay, okay. listen. Listen, James as, Harden, you act like he's a one-dimensional player where look, he can only I shoot threes. Love, I love James Harden. I think he's underrated, honestly, right now. But you can't you can't if you genuinely think, boys. I, I watch I watch just about every Sixers game that's on. I can tell you exactly what's gonna happen in this series. So No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. I trust the man. All right. So it's gonna go to seven. It's gonna go to no, seven. No, it's not. Yes, it's four. No, Sweet. it's not. No. It's going to go to seven. You're going to see Embiid. He's probably going to drop about 25 a game. He is. If that. But he's going to average 25. In game seven, he's going to score 40. Yeah, and they lose I by 40 points. That. No, they don't. They will. One, I don't think they'll lose by a more margin than 10. Bet. Because just as good, I think, one, the Sixers are better offensively. Yes, the Bucks are better defensively. However, the Sixers are not far behind them. If you are disrespecting Joel Embiid that bad as far as defensive goes, if you're disrespecting James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, I'll give you Tobias Harris as a liability. I'll give you that defensive liability for sure. He makes up for it with his offense when he's hot. I will give you that. However, with James Harden lighting it up, with Joel Embiid lighting it up, Tobias Harris is going to be wide the fuck open. Do you want that? Absolutely. Tobias Harris break a fucking three. Tobias Harris's efficiency when he's not covered and when he's wide open is outstanding. Why have you not heard any Tobias Harris hate this year? I've heard plenty. No, you haven't. I've heard plenty. No, you haven't. You've only heard it from me, and that was from a playoff series last year or two years ago. Okay, lay out your defensive argument yet again. Defensive? Defensive. Uh, Joel Embiid's the best, one of the best Defenders in the league. One of, yes, but not better than Giannis. He's better than Brooke Lopez. I disagree. You'll see. 
I hope to see. Again. We, we will see. For Here's instance, my thing. I'll I don't give you this. Hang on, I, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is Jokic not having one of the best offensive... What does that have to do with anything? Let me ask you. Is Jokic not having one of the best offensive seasons from a center ever? Yes, As far is. as efficiency yes, goes. Yes, he is. Pull up his efficiency against Joel Embiid. Shane, you on that? Because their one outing they had this year, he had like 20 points and nine rebounds. So and Joel Embiid. You're, you're basing hang on, off. Hang on, hang on. Because I'm telling you right now, Brooke Lopez is not as good as Jokic. Period. So it's based off a one-game sample? Look at that. Joel Embiid is five. Off a one-game sample? Hang on, hang on. No, five and two. Look at that. He's averaging 22, nine, and seven. Okay, What's Jokic's solid. career average? Career, not one game this year. Career average. What's his against career NBA. average? No, no, no. What's his career average? Period. Twenty-five, twelve, and ten. So a significant hit. Oh, so twenty-five, twelve, and ten isn't that good? A significant hit. Yeah, significant. My against ass. twenty-five, twelve, and ten against Joel Embiid is a significant hit. Yep, folks, I have to agree. Honestly, he's, he's suffering a. Uh, we'll say what four to six point differential. He's suffering a four to six rebound differential, and he's suffering significant less assists. Twenty five, ten, and twelve. It's not bad. It's great averages, but compared to when he plays Joel Embiid head to head, that is a testament to Joel Embiid's defense. If you think genuinely that Brooke Lopez managed to get more than 10 rebounds. If you think significantly, if you think genuinely that Joel and B or uh, Brooke Lopez manages to get more than 10 points. If you think genuinely Brooke Lopez does anything against Joel Embiid when he is stopping Jokic from scoring his career averages, which is arguably the best offensive center of all time then you're completely ignorant to the game of basketball. Yes, I totally agree that I think Brooke Lopez will be a better player than Joel Embiid no, if, if they happen to match up, which I don't think they will. Joel think, Embiid is going to guard Jokic every st- or Joel Embiid is going to guard Brooke Lopez on every possession. No chance. Who else would you think Embiid's going to stretch out? Embiid can't guard Giannis. Exactly. As soon as why unless he's is in the, the best paint. player in basketball. You're, no, I agree with that. Yo, Embiid cannot guard Giannis unless it's in the paint. I think he can genuinely stop Giannis in the paint. If you disagree with that, you're ignorant to the game of basketball. Okay, uh, that I mean, much I agree with. Yeah. You be, agree that Gian, that Joel the, Embiid the paint, can paint. stop Giannis in the paint. In the paint. What's Giannis's career three point percentage? Boys, I, I think you're twenty eight. I think that. you're forgetting. That they're not going to just be playing one on one defense. I mean, no, it's gonna I agree. Be, it's going to be zone defenses. You're going to have no. It's not zone defenses. They play man on man. Cam, can you honestly tell me what there the has Bucks not been? Up? Hang on. Before, let me just correct this statement all okay. the way through. Shane, please take it away. You've one, got a, you've got a good zone case defense here. has been. Shane, you have a good case here. No, he doesn't. Tell he me does. the last time he does. you saw. He does. Let okay. Shane. Tell me the last Shane, time you saw a Shane zone defense finish. in the NBA at all. Let Shane finish this. I game. mean, it's not. Please, it's not like a perfect zone, but you're gonna have pull up zone defense in Cam, the NBA. Can't please shut the fuck oh up. My let God, dude. let they Shane do finish. Not, no, 
Because here's the thing. This is my one discrepancy with the NBA because okay, of how then successful. Then let Shane finish his case first. Hang on, hang on. Because back, of how successful zone defense is all the way building up to the professionals. They completely disregard zone defense in the okay. NBA. If you watch any NBA, you know they don't play zone defense. Look, again, I agree. So with for you. Shane to say they they're going to play, I am on. They're going to play zone defense. Against I am on Joel your Bede. side. It makes I'm, no sense. I'm on your side, but can we please let Shane present his case I'm, and see what happens? I'm saying it's not going to be strictly man on man. You're not going to have him beat up on the fucking key. Shane, please Giannis. go ahead and present your case. He's going to be fall asleep back on this mic, shit. bro. Cam, shut the oh. fuck. Okay, so yeah, what I'm trying to say is like it's not going to be perfect man on man like dick to ass. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god, but, are you uh, serious? <laughs> this guy, dude. I, I can't tell if it's real or fake. I know he pissed himself earlier. He pissed himself. He did no, piss I himself. Didn't. Wait, wait, wait a minute. The cam, cam, honestly, cam, be honest. Shane, do me a favor. Pull did, up the percentage of zone defense played in an NBA game. No, right. Cam Frillo, did you pitch yourself? Did you pitch no, yourself? I did not. I told you it was sweat. Are you sure? Allegedly. Pull that, up. That chair is a little bit wet. <laughs> uh, that's from ass sweat, not anything else. Sure. That can be one and the same. Uh, we are both very hammered, and we still have a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, we do. So, percentage of zone defense in the NBA. Who plays zone? Nobody. Exactly. Nobody. Two and four percent. That's a very low number. On an average of 100 possessions per game. And you're telling me. That they're going to magically play two, they're going to play zone defense. No chance. I'm no not chance. saying it's going to be strictly zone. I'm saying that would be a way that you could have Embiid in there on Giannis. Guess what? No. Guess what? I've been preaching that the NBA plays zone defense for like the past three years prior to I've the I've been podcast. preaching the past seven I think, years. I think zone defense is a very successful way to play against play in the NBA. I think 3-2 would shut down the Warriors. I think 2-3 would shut down teams like the 76ers. I think 3-2 would shut down teams like the Bucks. Yeah. I think 2-3, uh, sorry. 2-3 would shut down the 76ers. 2-3 would shut down the Bucks. I think 3-2 would shut down the Celtics. I think all of these teams that dominate on three-point percentage, I think all these teams that dominate on more threes than the next team would be shut down by 3-2 zones. However, the NBA... Is they don't want that. It'd be nice. They to see. want highlight reels. They want one-on-one matchups. They want people getting their ankles broken. They want everything. They don't want to win basketball. They want to play the most fan accepted form of basketball, which is highlights. We have transitioned into the highlight era for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, I didn't realize it was this low of a percentage. So. At all. The percentage of zone consist being played in the NBA zone defense is two and four percent. So you cannot tell me that a team is going to shut down another team by playing zone defense because it statistically does not make any sense. If they and this would, is per one hundred possessions. So per one hundred possessions, two possessions are zone. Four Shane, possessions Shane, are zone. Oh, dude, comment, I have no concern. comment. I didn't realize See, it was low. Yeah, you, I have been complaining. I think, one, look at Syracuse for the last, uh, look at Syracuse in college. I mean, okay. They're, that's... they're perfected box and one defense. Did it work? It's a zone. Yes, it they, worked. They did not make the turning, to be fair. Not this year. They've also changed coaches since then. However... When Syracuse was dominant, they had perfected 
the box and one trap zone. Okay, and Shane, comment, concern? I mean, I'd love to see zone defense in the NBA. It works. I, I would mean, too, and I do agree that it works 95% of the time. However, NBA viewership is also on online here. You're not going to see a ton of NBA views if great defense is played. There's a reason why you can pay guys $300 million a year or $300 million contracts versus back in the 90s where it was $90 million a contract was a massive contract. It's because viewership has expanded due to the highlight era. So it's we're not talking about the fundamentals of basketball here. We are talking about what's going to be the highest viewed basketball. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. I'm honestly, I'm shocked you're making this much sense. I am 100% hammered right now. I know you are. But this is a point that I am so passionate about because I know how well zone defense works. That Yeah, I totally one, agree. Shane, we're due for a shot, right? We there are was a, a time when zone defense was banned sorry, from I'm sorry, the NBA. I'm sorry, Shane, we're um, due for a shot. Sorry, I, I did... It is time for another shot. Okay, I'll take the shot and then I'll finish that point. And then we nope, move Shane's on. bringing a new topic. Yeah, we're gonna move into the MLB. Hang on, there was a time we still haven't done our finals predictions. <laughs> there was a time where zone defense was banned from the NBA. False. Look it up. I don't know. I I don't know. Regardless, but I I'm gonna contend false. I'm getting the feeling that Austin's kind of checked out of this conversation. Look at no, I'm totally look in. Up, I'm look totally up in. when zone defense was banned from the NBA. Cam, take your shirtless ass. Take look a at that. shot. Zone defense was outlawed in 2001. I know what I'm talking about because this is a topic I am extremely passionate about. Oh, really? Were you alive in 2001? Were you watching ball in 2001? No, but I've done research on this specific topic because I am not a fan of it ever being outlawed. Well, that goes much further than any kind of research we actually do. Explain to me why zone defense was outlawed in, NBA, in the NBA in 2001. Well, I was roughly three years old. Just looking back on it now, why? Yeah, um, looking back, I'd say scoring was probably down too low. And the league said that... I'll do you one better. You had players like LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, all getting ready to come into the league. Steve Nash. All these guys that can very easily be shut down by a 2-3 zone or a 3-2 zone. The reason why it was outlawed is because it sent viewership through the roof because those three guys, one, as we know, were the face of the NBA back then. Throughout the entire generation from 2001 to 2010, you saw Tim Duncan. You saw Steve Nash. Tim Duncan, the highlight real legend. Would have been shut down by a 2-3 zone. Oh, my God. Are you serious? 100%. LeBron James, 2-3 zone. How are you going to drive to the paint and get a layup when there's three people in the paint? You're not. You and think he's not kicking out? I, Again, he might, but there's also two defenders that are trapping on the outside of the perimeter at all times. Trapping on okay. LeBron driving a 2-3 zone? I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this. We'll go back in time a little bit. True or false? Let's defense. go back in time to when you were not fucking born. Let's well, okay. go back in time. I do my research on NBA uh, because allegedly. these are topics I'm very passionate about. Yeah, True or false? Who's the all-time blocks leader, Cam? Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah, you didn't know that prior to last week. Uh, allegedly. Uh, Who was the all-time assist leader? 
That's not defense. That's what I thought. Yeah. However, I believe that is um, John Stockton. John Stockton. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank Who's you, Shane. Who's also the Steelers leader. But, again, that's a testament to John Stockton. Defense from 1945 to 1999, there was a lot of zone played. There was a lot of more elite defense due to zones. 2001, why would they introduce a zone ban? Viewership was down. Offense was down. All these factors play in. At this point, we're seeing a generation that doesn't want to see defense. They want to see offense. They want to see 30-footers. They want to see posterized dunks one-on-one. They want to see these one-on-one matchups. We're talking Kobe, Shaq. We're talking about these guys who dominate in one-on-one matchups. And I think Shaq would dominate in two-on-one, oh, of course, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Kobe, one-on-one matchups, dominated. Michael Jordan, one-on-one matchups, dominated. However, they didn't want to risk a potential LeBron getting dominated by a 2-3 zone or a 3-2 zone. They didn't want to risk Tony Parker getting dominated by a 2-3 or a 3-2 zone. They didn't want to risk Dwayne Wade. They didn't want to risk Steve Nash. They didn't want to risk Jason Kidd. They didn't want to risk these guys because their viewership was on the downtrend. Since 2001, I can almost guarantee you, viewership has been on the uptrend due to the highlight generation of basketball. True or false? Do you think there was not highlight generation prior to 2001? There was. However... It's not as significant as wanting every guy to take 30 foot. Do you think Jordan was not producing highlights? Do you think You're Patrick talking Ewing? about a very, very small sample size. Okay, you named four guys. Look at the best players of those generations. Do you think Sean Camp? Do you think? But look at his highlights. Those are all in one-on-one matchups. Yeah, highlights. How, so here's my point. How do you produce more highlights? How do you produce more one-on-one matchups? You ban zone defense. Why else would the NBA ban zone defense in 2001? It looks like... It all falls back to the banning of zone defense in 2001 when you have guys like Dwayne Wade so do who you think- rely. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not knocking on these guys. LeBron James is pro- arguably the greatest player of all time. Shaq is the most dominant player of all time. uh, Dwayne Wade's one of the best two guards of all time. Kobe's one of, if not the best two guard of all time behind Jordan. I mean, you're talking about guys who, when you look at their highlight reels, everything is one-on-one. How do you produce that as a company, as a business standpoint? What do you do? You ban zone defense. So not to cut Shane off over here, but do you really think the guys you named are the single most highlight players of all time i think they're close jordan kobe shaq lebron i mean name four better highlight reels no i'm not taking that stance i just wonder if you're really going after that that stance do you do you really think that you know going back here here's my my point is lebron carmelo and Dwayne wade as three I and mean, kobe look Le- and Kobe. So these are guys that are the most hyped up players pre-NBA, probably of all time. Jordan didn't even have that kind of hype coming into the league. Um, no, he, had, he didn't. He had a good amount. He had a Come good on. amount, Come but on. he was not considered. He was. I you mean, cannot he had tell a me whole company after him. You cannot tell me that Jordan 
in college was at the level of LeBron, who was the well, no, face no. of ESPN. No, LeBron is the single highest athlete Correct. from and that age. But you, you can't but, say but, that, but, 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 that, that Michael wasn't. No, he was of his era, but he was also it was also based on other factors. So his success in college played a lot into that. So Kobe, straight out of high school. Carmelo, one year in college. LeBron, straight out of high school. Dwayne Wade, I think one year of college. So these guys, on the other hand, would benefit the most from the banning of zone defense because, one, LeBron being that dominant and being the face of the nation in high school, I mean, he had more publicity than anyone could even imagine. So And he lived up to it. Name four other guys that would benefit the most from banning of zone defense. I could tell you Clyde Drexler, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, and that's pretty much it. But why name four guys better than at that aspect? No, no, no. Than I'm, LeBron. Not, I'm not naming better than. No, you, you, you just saying, said name, name four guys higher than LeBron. No, no, no. I said name four guys that would benefit more from the banning of zone defense. Then LeBron, LeBron no, there's no answer. Kobe, of course not. Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony. Of course not. There's no answer. So they banned zone defense for a specific purpose, and it was to elevate these guys to an entire new level that we've never seen before. There's a reason why LeBron's one of the richest athletes of all time, and that's because at the beginning of his career, he was able to catapult himself to superstar level because you were not allowed to counter him from a defensive standpoint. I'm telling you right now, if LeBron was going up against three guys in the paint, we're talking Shaq was still in the league in his prime. We're talking Tim Duncan was in his prime. David Robinson was still in the league. We're talking about dominant defensive players. If there were three of them in the paint, LeBron would not have catapulted to superstardom that fast. That's my entire point. Yep, I totally agree, partner. And that is why zone defense isn't played because we are in a generation because they banned it. Where good defense, if good defense is played, highlights go down, viewerships go down. That is the entire purpose of the ban originally in 2001. It has since been unbanned. You are allowed to play zone defense. However, it is not adopted. There's a reason why it's 2 to 4%. And it's because, one, if your players aren't getting these highlights, if you're not getting this viewership, then, one, you're not going to be able to pay your players as much. There's, Like I said, LeBron can make $300 million on a contract where Jordan was making ninety. Because, one, I will attest to this. This is a testament to all the old heads. They love this. Defense was more difficult. I'll give you that. It was because, one, you could scheme your defense to specific players because you were allowed to play zone defense. When LeBron came into the league, zone defense was banned. It was one-on-one matchups. You could play help defense. How, again, like I said, if you watch NBA, how late is is help defense to getting to the ball? A lot of the times, it's way too late. There's a somewhat of an attempt that players make, but it's just not fast enough. It's time for a drink. Oh, my God, Chen. What is the occasion? Uh, the- Can you uh, put that out there? 
The occasion is just, it's been a lot more than 10 <laughs> minutes since I had you guys drink last. Sorry, that that is just something I am extremely passionate about. No, and I'm, I'm glad you touched on zone it. Because, defense. I mean, zone defense would eliminate just about every paint dominant player in the league not even just paint dominant even three point like, yeah if you play a three two against the warriors they're done for good luck i mean you're taking <clears throat> a three two means you are taking contested threes 90 percent of the time yeah every time like i said i understand where they came from i understand why they banned it i understand why it's not adopted back into the nba highlights you want to see Steph Curry take 37-footers. You want to see Klay Thompson make 33s a game. You want to see these guys perform well at their dominant attributes. And I agree with that. I don't know what kind of league we would be in where Steph Curry doesn't take 37-footers, where he has to take contested threes for the entire game. He would still be successful, but he would not be as successful. He would not be known as the greatest shooter of all time. I think we would see a league where... We have a lot more pick and roll than we do right now. And we would see a league where, one, we're not averaging over 100 points a game. Oh, no. We're talking like 70 points a game max. We're talking 70 to 90. Yeah. Anywhere in between. And now, as a league, we are up like... 110. It seems like 110. Yeah. The actual league average is probably around 100. But... I digress. Do you indeed digress? Yes. I don't know. You feel a little bit. Uh, feel a little bit hot. I just get very hot over over zone defense. I don't know. I think uh, things get a little bit heated. Because let me ask you something. When you saw how dominant Syracuse's zone defense was, perfected. It- Cam, it's more than 110. It's 114 points per game over the last decade. And when you saw how dominant, I mean, you what? when was the last year Syracuse won the championship? Um, I want to say 2012, 2013, if that, what if they was, even went. What was their thing? It was their zone defense, their boxing one morphed trap defense that they had, correct? Uh, yeah, correct. Of course, their defense really made us strong. So yeah. when you had a defense that dominant, why did you not see any NBA coach try and develop a defense that perfect? I mean, NBA-wise, it just doesn't work that way. But it does. Not, no, it does not. Because otherwise... What's you, Steph Curry going to do when there's two people on him? They won't be on him. You don't see teams adopt that strategy. But that's what I'm saying. Why? Because it doesn't work. Not at the NBA level. It does. Why? It, the reason does why. It, does it? The reason why. Show, we, me, a, show me a team that actually you can't, does that. Because they don't adopt it. Exactly. You know it why? it doesn't work. No, it's not because it doesn't no. work. It, it's because viewership <laughs> goes down. Money goes down. Nobody wants to make less money now. How many people do you say do you see take Supermax? Look at Jalen Brunson. He's the perfect example. If Nick Nurse, he, if Nick Nurse said a... Syracuse zone wins titles. Would he not adopt it? No. No, he you wouldn't. You don't think? No. To win a title, he wouldn't adopt that. No. No, not permanently at least. No. Why? He might do it in the championship series. But here's the thing. If Jalen Brunson's the perfect example, why did he not re-sign with Dallas? Because they, they offered him less money. Okay. If 
if that's what you have to do to keep players on your roster, why at any point would you ever adopt something that could take away from their highlight reels? Why would you ever take away something that could take from their points per game? Why would you ever take adopt something that takes away from any aspect that gets players played, gets players paid? Why? Because the players, one, won't do it. Because if they adopt those strategies, they're not going to get paid as much. It's that simple. Because if one team adopts it, every team adopts it. And if if the Warriors faced a 3-2 every game, we would never see Steph Curry get a super max. We would never see Klay Thompson get a max. The only person on that entire roster we would see get an extremely large contract is Draymond Green because he doesn't rely on highlights to get paid. He relies on defense. He relies on leadership. He relies on assists. He relies on facilitating. He relies on leadership. And you think Draymond does not get paid for those things? He does. He's which the is, only which is why person. They paid him for that. Correct. He's the only person on the entire team that relies on aspects other than scoring that has gotten paid. True or false? So you you, you think Jalen Brunson couldn't get paid more? I don't. Well, he definitely signed with New York for that contract. I agree. However, if every team in the league was running a three-two, we would never see. Jalen Brunson average over 20. It's got nothing to do with 3-2. It 100% has to do with defense. Are you high? And zone defense eliminates perimeter scoring. Can you explain to me Jalen Brunson's perimeter defense? No, no, no. I'm saying perimeter scoring. If every team in the league ran a 3-2 zone against teams that rely on perimeter scoring, we would never see Jalen Brunson average over 20 points. Because, one, you're taking... Very contested shots if you're shooting a three. You're taking a lot of risk being trapped as a ball handler in a 3-2 zone. You are taking risks. So if you're successful, then yes, you will get paid. However, I don't think a lot of players in the NBA today would be successful in those scenarios. I mean, you have to think, in a 3-2... Nine times out of ten, you're gonna just try and get someone to drive, and you know you're gonna look. You're gonna look for the rim. So you might see Draylen Brunson average like eleven and then ten. You're gonna see guys, but point guards specifically against the three-two will average more assists than points, or more assists than they do points. Now, you will see the instead of Steph Curry averaging thirty and six you'll see Steph Curry average 20 and 10. So you will see a differential in the point, in the stats. They'll be more dispersed. So basically, Steph, instead of shooting a wide-open 30-footer, or instead of shooting a wide-open three-pointer in general, you will see him shoot more contested threes. And since, if Steph Curry's not efficient at contested threes, which he is, this is a terrible example, if Steph Curry, say he wasn't consistent at contested threes, what would he do against a zone? He would kick it to the inside. He would kick it He would kick it to the corners. He would kick it out away from the zone, which is how you play against it. You would see point guards take their more traditional role, like Magic Johnson, like Steve Nash, like Jason Kidd, Jason Williams, John Stockton. You would see that assist, like assist leader would be more 
reasonable to beat instead of where it's at right now where we will never see somebody beat that assist stat. Does that make sense? Oh, I was I was going to let you talk. You know, take it away. I mean, yeah. It makes sense from a financial standpoint because you don't want your guys to go out there that are dropping 32 and 10 and all that. You don't want to see them go down, and especially right now where you look at the MVP picture and Correct. you have three bigs. If everyone were to adopt a 2-3, <clears throat> every one of those guys is fucked except maybe Jokic. I think he, because of what he brings outside of just paint scoring. Exactly, because he's a facilitator. He can shoot from the three. And, he can get you, know, you down low. He can your, do everything. Your guys like Giannis, Jokic, LeBron, who has been somewhat successful outside of like from the three point arc. Your guys that are absolute all around dominant players would be the only people ever considered for MVP. Your guys like Steph, who rely on range. Your guys like Clay who rely on range. Your guys like Ja who rely on mixing up the defense and one on ones and getting mismatches. You would never see a mismatch again. You would be at such a disadvantage offensively in an offensive league that viewership would go down because people my age, our age, all of us, don't want to see defense. We might, but the majority of people our age don't want to see defense. They want to see LeBron dunk on that guy. They want to see Joel Embiid dunk on that guy. They want to see Steph Curry shoot a 37-footer. They want to see Luka hit a nasty step back in a one-on-one one-on-one contested shot. They want to see all these things that a three uh, that a zone defense would completely eliminate. I mean, your guys like Steph would probably still be successful because he can shoot from half court. I think DeMar DeRozan would probably be the guy that we would see be the biggest improvement. You would see DeMar DeRozan being an MVP candidate every year. You would see Joel Embiid, maybe. You would, because he can stretch the four a little bit, you would see Joel Embiid. You would see Jokic because of his facilitating. You would see LeBron. You would see Giannis. You would see probably just those five, maybe Kawhi. He still needs a little work in the playmaking. If you looked at two-way players, Kawhi would be the number one or number two behind Giannis. You would see a lot smaller sample size of guys scoring at such an elite level because of zone defense. You would see, I mean, look at like John Morant or Russell Westbrook when he was in Oklahoma City. James Harden would still be successful because he is all about shot creating and taking contested shots. You would see guys like, I mean, you would probably see Steve Nash still win. You would never see Russell Westbrook win an MVP. You would never see even Kevin Durant. I mean, he's one of the best contested shooters out there, but he would have such a more difficult time finding open shots than he does now because of his own. I mean, we're talking about what we consider to be some of the greatest offensive players ever would be completely, not completely, I'm over-exaggerating. They would be somewhat negated by a zone defense or a trap zone defense or a box and one or whatever because of just that aspect they've never played before. I think KD would be okay. KD is one of the very few that would be similar, but you would see his numbers take a hit. I think you'd see him take a little bit of a tank. I think you would see everyone across the league's numbers take a hit besides maybe Giannis. Even DeRozan? Even DeRozan. 
I don't think DeRozan. He can somewhat do it all. His three's a little iffy. His mid-range is decent, is a lot better than his three. However, we've never seen DeRozan get trapped in a box and one. Well, there's a lot of people that have just never been put in these situations unless they played college ball for a significant amount of time. They've never been put in these situations where what do you do in a box and one? What do you do when you're getting trapped in a 2-3? What do you do when you're a big and you're in a 2-3 and you're trapped down low? We've never seen guys put in these situations. We don't know how they would react. I, th- I think it would be really interesting to see, like, Jokic. I think that Jokic would be my pick for a player that would accelerate. In One zone. of the few that would thrive. I because mean, you could argue that LeBron would thrive because his facilitating is elite. You could argue that Jokic that would thrive because his facilitating is elite. But there's a lot of guys out there that would be clueless as to what to do against a zone defense. Luka is a great example. Luka's great right now, but I think against a zone defense, if he was trapped, he I mean, again, his facilitating is at a good level. I don't think it's too. I don't think it's elite, but that's also based on the players around him. There's a lot of people out there that we consider top ten. That if you put in certain situations with these perfected zone defenses, like Syracuse's box and one, like variation of a box and one, or all these other defenses out there that are great zone defenses they just would not know what to do could you imagine josh giddy in a in a zone defense? dude he dribble around in a circle with his left <laughs> hand and get a wide open layup every time <laughs> what do you mean josh giddy would be flipping hamburgers that's the one NBA exception teams. bro <laughs> that's mr somewhat fundamentals right there you're talking about <laughs> i thought we were calling him mr lefty or no it's somewhat fundamentals is i think is what we agreed on okay I think we've had enough talk about, you know, 2-3 zone, 3-2. For the people that care, awesome. You got to nerd out on some advanced (laughs) basketball stuff for a little bit. But I want to get into the MLB picture. Let's do our finals picks, uh, what we had and what we have now, and then we'll jump into other topics. Oh, I forgot about finals picks. So I had the Heat versus the Nuggets, which is a viable option. I don't think the Heat make it that far. I think the Nuggets have a chance. Now I have the Sixers and Suns. I think the Suns are going to be unbeatable if Kevin Durant stays on the court. And I think the Sixers are going to dominate through the East. I think Joel Embiid is in a must-win year uh, to solidify his legacy in Philly. I don't think he'll ever leave Philly, but I think he is one of the players that would be most impacted by a title as far as legacy goes. I think the the runner-up to that would be Luka, and I don't think he has a chance. Uh, I didn't get to make a pick before, but... I think we're going to see a repeat of the finals from a couple years ago. I think it's going to be Milwaukee and Phoenix. And I don't really even know who I think is going to win this because you, you look at, you look at Phoenix and I mean, no one, no one has to do too much. Chris Paul's got it under control facilitating wise. Everyone on that floor can make plays on their own if they need to, but they don't need the ball. Um, I think, I think I'd give it to Phoenix just because I think, that Milwaukee is going to be too tied up other places to get on your guys. Like, um, like if you're guarding, if you're guarding Devin Booker, say you're Drew Holiday, you're on Devin Booker, you're on Chris Paul. That leaves, that leaves Kevin Durant. Oh, I think uh, Phoenix is offensively the best team in the entire yeah. NBA, especially with the acquisition of Kevin Durant. However, I think Chris Paul and Kevin Durant are your best defenders, and I think. You have a significant drop off after that. 
Oh yeah, you do. You do. I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a shootout. I I don't think it's going to be who plays the best. In order for defense. Phoenix to win, it would have to be a shootout. Yeah, it's not going to be who who plays better defense. It's or it's not going to be who plays the worst defense. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, dude. It's too fucking late. <laughs> You're not we're on, even drunk, dude. We're on hour four. I've been up for 23 hours now. Beast. Um, you know what I'm saying. It's I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not going to be up to defense. It's going to be offense that decides. Yeah. If Phoenix goes. Yes. Which I, I agree with. I don't even think it's an if, man. There's not a uh, team in the West that can even attempt to defend. There's Phoenix. some streaky teams. I mean, if the Warriors get hot, it's hard to beat them. It is. And we're talking seven-game series. Durant deep. might last seven games. The Suns are very – I mean, we saw their roster – their depth isn't great. It's not what it was historically, but it's, but not it's still not bad. I mean, you've got Terrence Ross. He can he can get you something. He can space the floor out. You've got uh, who was it? Cameron Payne. He's comfortable in the backup point guard position. However, we have the Warriors, who have the same team they won a championship with yeah. last year. So I, we know Jordan Poole's comfortable in the playoffs. We know Gary Payton's comfortable in the playoffs. And as far as def- offense or bench leadership, that's all you need. We know Clay Thompson. We know Draymond Green. We know Steph Curry. We know all those guys. We know Andrew Wiggins. We know all that. That's non-questions. The questions were their bench. They got back Gary Payton. They got Jordan Poole. There is no question at all how comfortable the Warriors will be in the playoffs. I think the biggest concerns for the Suns is – Kevin Durant staying healthy for this entire duration. I agree. Because the second he goes out, I think your championship odds tank. Significant loss. You're, I mean, it's a nosedive off a cliff. You go from you go from a mile and a half of an advancement in your team from last year to losing Kevin Durant. You no longer have McCall Bridges in there. You no longer have any of that bench depth that you had before. I agree. But let's also not negate the fact that CP3 has to play all the games. Devin Booker has to play all the games. Like these, they eliminated so much depth with the Kevin Durant trade that now Aiton, KD, CP3, and Booker have to play every playoff game. I think it's a year for CP3 that he will play hurt. I mean, this is this is. I won't. I don't want to say like the last year that he's going to be really viable for a championship team, but. He's getting up there in age, and he still doesn't have one. I think his role, he can carry on into older ages. However, at the elite level he's at where he can be called on for scoring yeah. is starting to dwindle away. Yeah. So, yes, I, and also as far as legacy goes, he does need to win this championship. He does. And to do that, he needs to not only – kind of watch himself and the role that he tries to take on and not doing too much, but he also needs to, I don't want to say minimize KD's risk for injury, but set him up for success, if you know what I'm saying. like I agree. 100%. Yeah. Austin, oh, your take? My take is, boys, we'll send this out. Cam, take it away with our episode 31 of Sports and Oh, we're calling it here? We're calling it? Uh, I like to think I'm calling it, yeah. I think we got to do just at least the UFC card. That's pretty significant. That is coming up, of course. UFC um, card, bums of the week, and then we'll call it. Yeah, we've got Izzy and Alex Pereira. 
Pereira beat him three previous times before, twice in kickboxing and once in MMA. Cam, what do you think? I got Izzy. I'm I would still, have to agree. I'm still yeah. confident. I, uh, I think I said last week, maybe. I don't know how much we talked about it, but if he doesn't get that nerve uh, disrupted in his leg in the first fight, I think Izzy takes it. I think he's the better all-around MMA fighter. I don't know what Alex Pereira's done in camp. I don't know what he's worked on. His takedown and grappling was horrendous in the last fight. I'm assuming he's worked on that majority. However, his chin was not that strong. We saw Pereira day or we saw Izzy daze him a lot, but I think Izzy takes it. I think it'll be a full five rounds though. Any thoughts in Gilbert Burns versus and this Jorge Masvidal. This is where it gets a little spicy. We can't believe splitting up here. Come on. It's an obvious choice. I'm taking Masvidal. You're high. Masvidal is in a point in his career where it's you have to win every fight. You have to win every fight from here on out to secure what legacy you had. Masvidal was very good previously. Um, however, I think... Burns is going to play into Masvidal's strengths. Masvidal's strength is stand-up game. And we know that's a fact. His takedown game's horrendous. His on-the-ground game's horrendous. His strength is in stand-up. And Burns' strength is in stand-up as well. When you go head-to-head, personally, I give the edge in Masvidal. As far as what I've seen stand-up-wise from the past, from the present, from their latest fights, however, um, I think... If Burns is smart, they'll game plan to take down and play on the ground. But, like I said, that's playing against Gilbert Burns' strengths. He's not as strong as a ground a ground fighter as he is a stand-up fighter. So, we're kind of looking at like a Kevin Holland-Wonderboy matchup where both of the fighters' strengths are stand-up, so they are going to stand-up. I think Masvidal is more likely to catch... Burns with something unexpected than Burns is to Masvidal. Because we know Masvidal is a very, very um, wild card fighter as far as what he throws, what he's willing to throw, and what his attempts are. Shane, question, comment, concern? Not that I can think of. How about the third fight on that card? Of course, we have Kevin Holland and Santiago Ponsonibio. I got Ponsonibio. No, I know he's have a, to agree. I know he's a slight dog, but I think again going back to the Holland Wonderboy fight, we saw Holland get outstruck, which is what we've been waiting to see with him. So we saw Holland get outstruck. However, I think Ponsonibio is a lot better on the ground than Wonderboy is, and I don't think he's willing to stand and bang with Holland. I think he takes it to the ground and probably submits him. And any predictions for the shining star Raul Rojas Jr., the 18-year-old? He can't lose. Going off against Christopher Rodriguez. I think it's a great matchup. They're both young. Undef- I mean, Christopher Rodriguez is 8-1. and one. So, Raul is 7-0. and This is his first main event appearance. I think he can't lose. I think he wins it. 
Now with that, uh, Shane, are we going with any NHL playoff predictions? Uh, I Dude. think I don't think we can. No, nah, I think it's a little late to call it, right? We've, we're, we've, yeah. go, we've gone on far too long. We're so, Cam, take hours. us home. Any we predictions? Got bums. No, we don't. No, we don't. Oh, that's true. We, we don't, don't really have that. Take us home, Cam. All right, everybody. You know where to find us on social media. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the first one too many. Uh, it was probably one too many hours. <laughs> yeah. And you, know what, we, you know what we say. S&S. To, to the, the moon. moon.